If you're listening to this message, chances are you're not at your computer or watching your TV. You are listening to the radio, which is interesting because you are not engaged in anything we're about to discuss. Watching your TV on your computer, which means this could... For nothing. Nothing's changed. The following program is rated BU-69 by the American Faggot. It contains graphic violence, religious blasphemy, dissenting political viewpoints about our Lord God and Bastard. I mean, Bastard. Bastion. Partial nudity. Frontal nudity. Simply butt nudity. Naked women flying in and out of the room like birds that smell nice. <sighs> Adult language. Meaning great big words that only few adults would know. Haka dancing, oily knobs, and a hostile Julio that eschews daily talking points. Most of you may never see his point. It's hidden from view in a very dark and secret place. So send your children out of the room. Make sure your wife isn't home. Lock the door. Remove your pants and slip on those panties you took from her drawer as you write a complaint letter to the FCC while enjoying the George Rodriguez show. Mm. He has a wife, you know. Somebody once told me Washington's gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Democrats said I was dumb with their fingers and their thumbs and the shape of a W on their forehead. Now, the scandals are coming and it don't stop coming. Never should have let Dick Cheney go hunting. Didn't make sense to give up the ports or try to put Harriet Myers on the court. Abu Ghraib and Scooter Libby, these are the things that do not help me. You never know how it'll go. go. I've never seen polls this low. Oh, no. Hey now, I'm a lame duck sitting here with no friends. Hey now, I'm a lame duck waiting here for the end. My only friend is Carl. Even he thinks this is getting old. My second term is on hold. So I sit here collecting mold. <laughs> Look at this. Right off the bat, I don't even have a chance to uh, to say the time. 10.01, 560 QAM. Neil's at the dentist getting drilled, filled, and crowned, and capped, and... What not? That's all of these things. That's what I meant to say. And here we go with the three-page facts. Uh, we went over this before, but let's do it again right now since I'm in a bitchy kind of mood. Okay. Since I got this head cold and I'm stuffy. Uh, maybe later it'll get exciting, Josh, because I took two of those little red pills. Well, I took one earlier, and it didn't seem to have any kind of an effect. And neither did the Formula 44D that I've been drinking for breakfast this morning. Along with that, you got to come up with the name of that thing, man. We They're wanna... called Paninis. Paninis? Panini Can we say that? You want to run that by Joyce? Can we even say that? I like I like my paninis, man. Uh, well, I know a lot of people that would be interested in hearing that. They're called paninis and... Panini you, melts. Panini, okay. Over at the that sounds good. Station. Over at the Wild Beanery. I know it's called the Wild Beans Cafe. Cafe. It's not really a cafe. I don't know why they call it that. See, if they had called it the Wild Beanery, that would be a little bit funny and clever. But, you know, don't leave it to corporate people to come up with anything funny or clever. Uh, and, and they're great. The, the, the computer makes them. <laughs> sort of? Sort of. Are they made by robots? They got that kind of look to them, right? <laughs> you, you punch in the order in a computer, a robot makes it in the back room. Like the Jetsons. And it falls out of chute. And, and it's great. It's like a, what do you call it, an omelet in a pocket? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, they got lunch ones too. I don't know how they're they're done. Like they're 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 an omelet with bacon and cheese and stuff inside of it, different kinds of omelets, but it's sandwiched in between bread, sorta. It's like a tortilla, kind like of. a tortilla kind of thing, and a square that's pressed in a mold, sealed all up, so that you can actually hold it. Nothing oozes. Out the sides, it actually works, in other words. Unlike other kind of pockets, like Hot Pockets, for example. I don't know if you like Hot Pockets. I like Hot Pockets. Yeah, they're fine. But when you're eating the Hot Pocket every once in a while, it'll start oozing out the back, you know? Oh, yeah. See? These things stay together all the way through, and they stay hot. Yeah. Like, I don't know how long it takes. I mean, I know it's only two blocks away, but those things are great. I could have one of those things every freaking day. Yeah, I've been addicted, man. It works, and it's not greasy on the inside, too. I don't know how they do it. Like, they have this extra not greasy bacon on the inside. Good stuff. We'll have to ask the robot. And if I had a clear head, I could actually uh, taste that thing. By the way, Miguel, thanks for this little liner. I'll, I'll read it a lot. 12 to 2 today at the grand opening of Advanced Auto Parts. That's where Miguel will be at the van. And look what I had to do to sort of read this thing. I had to write in big red letters under what he wrote. Like, why don't you write these the way that people would read it, Miguel? Under what he wrote, I had to write other things so that I would be able to read it. For example, Miguel will be at the van and then an arrow pointing up to the line that I have to read that would normally be read first, and then the stuff that I added so that I can turn it into a sentence, into a statement, instead of just leaving it up to your imagination to kind of assemble it, piece it together while you're on the air, Miguel. We should actually have Miguel do the show just once on, on some really obscure holiday, just so that he can relate. Everyone who has to support the air staff should be forced to do at least one show so that they can relate. Just doing that one Labor Day show years ago for, for Neil opened up a whole world of understanding that I, uh, you know, and I had to apologize like the very next day. Sorry for here's a list of things that, that I was doing that I didn't realize, uh, you know, were incredibly annoying, like talking to other people while the show is going on. And it's not necessarily like your fault, Josh, or the person in there. People come in and just start engaging you in conversation in the middle of the show. Like London Lee, for example. How could I forget that? Uh, who is... Never heard of them. I had to call Boca Brian, and it inspired a bit. I'll, uh, I'll play it after the next break. Hey, Miguel, if you're out there, since we can't talk about the Shield, unacceptable that he did not see it. Got so much to talk about. The Shield is getting so good. Well, getting so good. It is so good and getting better. Like, they just keep topping themselves. It's very tough to do. They could maintain the same level, and I'd be happy, but no, no. That's not good enough for them. Unlike the Sopranos, which we were talking about this morning, where, you know, we're going to watch it. I'm going to give it another We're going to watch it. We're gonna, I'm going to shuffle my feet to the TV, sit down, and with a very deadpan, pursed lip, expecting nothing kind of a face, I'm going to watch it. Well, you like you I mean? said, too, there's nothing else on Sunday. There's nothing else on Sunday until Rome comes back. Oh, oh, yeah. Please. We need our fix. What are Titus and Pullo... Wait, what are Titus and Lucius going to do next, you know? Yeah. What are those two going to get into next? But uh, the shield has been just so. Are you watching it? You know, it's hard for me. Uh, uh, I know you got a girlfriend. It's not that. I just uh, I, I never watched it. You know, I here I we go again. Episodes after you know an episode here and there, so I don't know really what's going on in the whole thing. Hey, area code three zero five two two three one two three zero. Stop faxing stories. Here's what I was starting to say about the stories, that people like to fax stories all day long. There isn't a story in existence in the world that Neil isn't aware of. All right? 
If Neil is interested in it, he has already read it three times by the time you've read it the first time. And by the time you've faxed it, it's been posted, read, and taken off of the website for three days. You think you're important. You think you're helping. You self-important holes out there. With your set, this was a seven-page fax that I just canceled. And why are you all waiting? Like you're paying for the paper? No, I'm not. The company is. Some of us would like to get a raise. You know, we don't like the excuses that we get. Well, your show budget is already so high, and you know, and the cost of this and the cost of that, and the and the fax paper. You know, they'll throw every excuse in your face to try to get a raise. Have you gotten yours yet? Yeah. What do you? Because mine was due in January. You know, so you know, we do our job to try to keep the uh, the company. From uh, from wasting money, wasting all this paper, wasting this very expensive fax cartridge that goes in here. Not that you know, not that that's the issue. The issue is this thing grinds out paper all day long, and out of out of 20 sheets that comes through that machine, maybe one of them is worth sending along the needle or or even acknowledging stupid questions, people who think they're funny with uh, with with jokes that aren't, uh, complaints, wrong numbers. News releases, this is like news agencies throwing out press releases, not to mention the spam, fax, advertising that's going on, and then compounded on top of that. See, all of those things that I just mentioned right there would keep this thing grinding all day long, and it does. But then you got these people that these self-important, oh, look at me, I found a story that you guys might be interested in. Yeah, we might be interested in it, except guess what? Neil already read it, and it's probably already on the website. And if it isn't, it's because he didn't think it was worthy. So stop faxing stories, everyone. And almost always, it's something that we already have posted. Almost always. And if it isn't, we don't care. How's that? Stop faxing stories. And, and, and these people that are faxing from their computers, print to fax and fax to the number, and then you cancel it and it reprints. Mark, I don't want to mention anybody by name. We understand that's the system you're using, and understand this. I understand that's the system that you're using, and I don't care. All right? Just because you fax that way doesn't mean that we have to accept your fax that way. Go fax yourself, all right? Go fax yourself hard. Stop faxing us. But hey, what's that got to do with the shield? Which was so damn good. Today's musical guest will be Cab Calloway. And there's a reason for that. You probably never heard of Cab Calloway in your life. I don't think I have. Boca Brian doesn't give you any credit. He doesn't give anybody any credit. He expects young punks like you to... Be aware of all of the great things that happened before you were born, just automatically. And I try to defend well, punks like they you. they were shared with me? Not you specifically, sometime? but just... Right, but punks like you, I try to defend you and saying, look, they're, the, the punks today, even the, the well-intended ones like Josh, got no chance. MTV isn't sharing these things with people. There are no channels telling the children of the world about the cool people of the past. And most of the punks today wouldn't give any of that kind of stuff a chance. And those who would, like Josh, have no chance. So it takes people like us to bring you together with people. Now, Cab Calloway is way before my time, all right? Oh, really? I, I first became aware of Cab Calloway watching the Blues Brothers movie, the first one. Did you ever see the first Blues Brothers movie? Yeah, I did. Okay, very good movie, I thought. I saw it in the theater, and I didn't know. Uh, greatest car chase ever. Only car chase that I know of where God was actually involved. Can you think of any other car chase? I mean, I've seen some good car chase scenes in movies before. That, ha that one topped them all to date. Think of any other more involved, drawn-out, mega car chase than that one right there? I mean, that was a chase. Yeah. Everybody was chasing them. 
the cops, the rednecks, the, neo, the Nazis. It was hysterical. It was great. Cab Calloway was the black dude that was in the orphanage that taught them how to play. Remember, they went to visit him at the beginning of the movie, and then later on at the concert when they were late, Cab Calloway filled the time by performing Minnie the Moocher, one of his songs from the past. Remember that? Howdy, 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 howdy. And the audience went, howdy, 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 howdy. Remember that? I know that. All right, well, that's Cab Calloway. First time I ever heard of the man. I'm sure that the people in the audience who were aware of him from the past were all really impressed. Whoa, hey, look, it's Cab Calloway. Uh, meant nothing to me at the time, but recently I became more and more aware of Cab Calloway, including seeing something on either the History Channel or Biography or one of these things where they were showing footage of all of these big bands from the past, the ones that started redefining the way that things were. Because, you know, there used to be in the classical music days there was this big orchestra. And then you, you know that they had people like Glenn Miller and Lawrence Welk where the, yeah. the orchestra would play something danceable and the old people would go out there and dance, and it was pretty lame. And certain people like Glenn Miller, for example, who you've heard, you've heard in the mood, yeah. Yeah, you know, where, uh, they started to uh, innovate. They wanted to liven things up a little bit. They started rearranging the music to make it a little bit more danceable. Anyone who does that, of course, the old people complain. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Right? Yeah, why Anybody who tries to take it up a notch, yeah. right, they, they get complaints, and uh, they complained about Glenn Miller, and they complained about Cab Calloway. Cab Calloway a lot because... Look what this black man's doing, except they didn't say black man. He's singing about drugs. He's singing about prostitutes. That song, Minnie the Moocher, it's about prostitutes. And he sang another song that I wasn't aware of, and our friend uh, Adele from FeastOfHateAndFear.com, who was sending some weird stuff in the past, sent me something that I'm going to play uh, in a little while. And I'm going to play the Reefer Man, which I have played before. Cab Calloway singing about Reefer. The song that I'm going to play was from 1940. And now... Certain things are starting to make sense. It'll make sense once I play it. Cool. Because I talked about something before. Remember I told you about my stepdad? And yeah. Little character he told me about? Of course. Remember? Of course. And it's one here, of my favorites. And I'm thinking, you know, my old stepdad made it up and I was giving him credit for it. Plagiarist old man. Ah. Rot in your box, together. you plagiarist old man ripping off Cab Calloway. 1013 on 560 WQAM. We're hopping in the time machine. Won't you come along and dream? Here's the golden vector from WQAM. Right now! Grandpa, Grandma, and the young. What's the fuss is all about? They're just trying to find out. Who's your hootie? Who's your hootie? Someone please lend me a hand. Solve this mystery if you can. If he's mice or if he's man. Who's your hootie? Who's your hootie? Who's your hootie? One dark night about half past three. I saw an owl up in a tree. He looked down and he yelled at me. Who's your hootie? man Hoover's getting moody. Got his men on double duty. Trying to find out who's your hootie. Who's your hootie? Who's your hootie? Who's your hootie? The little man who wasn't there. 
Said he heard him on the air. No one seems to know from where, but who? Oh, there's a big instrumental part in the middle of this here. Still compelled to fill. Remember, Miguel will be at the grand opening of Advanced Auto Parts at 7701 Biscayne Boulevard today. He'll be there at 12 o'clock till 2. Has CDs, T-shirts, $20 each. All proceeds benefit Abandoned Pet Rescue in Fort Lauderdale. That's a no-kill animal shelter. Adopt or not. I hear Yehudi will be there. Yehudi is everywhere. I don't know where he starts singing here. I haven't heard, listened to it all the way through. I just have to play it by ear. Lord, Cap. Have you ever seen this guy? I mean, besides in the Blues Brothers. Some of the footage from the younger years. Like him performing. Very, very cool. Very cool guy. Ah, didn't mean to step on you, Cap. I think he's dead now. Solve this mystery if you can. If he's mice or if he's man. Who's Yehudi? Who's Yehudi? One dark night about half past three. Saw an owl up in a tree. And he looked down and yelled at me. Who's Yehudi? G-Man Hoover's getting moody. Got his men on double duty. Trying to find out who's Yehudi. Who's Yehudi? Who's Yehudi? The little man who wasn't there said he heard him on the air. No one seems to know from where. Who's Yehudi? So Clarence Leroy Wood III, my former stud, uh, stepfather who's dead, you're a plagiarist, you ripped off Cab Calloway. Uh, I should have known. Everything out of that man's mouth was either stupid or made up or stolen or something like that. Full of crap, old man. Because remember, I told you that the whole Yehudi thing. Because I pulled Yehudi out of my ass one day when we were talking religion. And I don't remember what I referenced it to. It like there's just as much evidence that Jesus was born as Yehudi or something like that. Yeah. And I just got a kick out of that. And I always got a kick out of it, but I thought I was the only one. Funny sounding name. And it was Cab Calloway that made that up. The funny man, little man, who wasn't there. See, my stepfather, Woody, would say that Yehudi was the guy that opened the electronic doors. When I was young, before I realized that the guy was an idiot who, who thought he was funny and liked to make things up, I asked him a honest question like, how do the doors open at the supermarket, the automatic doors? And I didn't know if it was a pressure pad or what, but obviously it was the pressure pad. And he gave me this song in a dance about there's an invisible little man named Yehudi. And I'm like, no, really, is it a pressure pad or is it, you know, radar sensor? Come on, old man. But he, no, no, it's a Yehudi, little uh, little guy, and he sits above the door and he opens the door when he sees people coming. But And that's going to be our new church now, thanks to Cab Calloway. Now that, now we have a hymn. How do you like that? He's our L. Ron It's Hubbard. all coming together. And you know what? Y is, is good for acronyms, like Church of Yehudi could be Koi, you know? Yehudi is God, Yig, right? People will ask you about that when you have that on your like t-shirt. It. Yig, what's a Yig? It's a Yehudi is God. All right, just as much evidence that he existed as uh, as Yashki, as Jesush. Don't give me this Josephus business. Somebody I forget who, maybe it was Yehudi, sent me an article about the whole Josephus thing. Which which it's nice to have it written for him because I had seen that on one of these histories of the Bible and stuff like that. Josephus, the Jewish historian who is who supposedly wrote all about Jesus. 
that was inserted way after the fact, and it was proven at the time, and every generation afterwards established that that paragraph was inserted. They know the name of the, the guy, of the uh, the monk that inserted it. He was criticized at the time for doing it. He was criticized afterwards. Previous historians that wrote all about Josephus, somehow, even the Christian ones, uh, didn't find that passage that just appeared 400 years after Josephus had wrote it. His little treatise there on the history of the Jewish people. And he only, and it's just one little paragraph. How amazing that uh, in all the writings. But we're not going to get into religion today because we have so many other things like this fax from Mike in Melbourne. And, and Mike, the, the answer to your question, he's, he's asking, why do you still use a paper fax machine? Well, because that's what Neil liked when he was here. And he has one up there. And I wanted to have a computer fax machine kind of thing, but we haven't gotten that yet. Now, Neil had an old computer that wound up over in engineering, and I'm still stuffed up. So, sorry. That's the best I can do today. Can't really tell until Maybe you uh, take three pills. Laugh. <laughs> I had a coughing spell in the middle of the night last night. I didn't think I was going to come back from. Just chunks of lungers, man. Cough so hard I almost puked. You ever do that? Oh, Just yeah. red-eyed coughing in the sink there. <laughs> We have a paper fax machine because, because, all right, because we work here, and that computer that wound up in engineering, I asked them about that, and I said, hey, you know, that computer that Neil replaced, and you guys took it in here to see if you could get it back working, did you ever get it back working, and can we use it as a computer to receive faxes on, I'll bring an extra monitor, and we can use that to receive faxes and just connect it to the, uh, the printer, we have a faxer, printer, scanner thingy here. And I was told by Fix-It, oh, we uh, use that computer for parts. Neil said we could. And I said, oh, all right, well, so much for that idea. And so here we are. And you know what? I canceled the fax, and they refaxed it, and seven pages of came course. through, and it all went into the garbage, and you're just wasting your time and our paper and our ink. But, hey, whatever, right? Why should it bother me? What's that got to do with the fact that I can't breathe through my nose today? And I wasn't able to taste that. What is it called again? I'm going to write it down. A panini melt. A P-A or P-I or P-A-N-I. Careful how you spell it. P-what? P-A-N-I-N-I. I-N-I. Panini. Right over here at the Wild Beanery Cafe at the BP gas station. I hate going to the BP because they cap me out at 40 bucks with the gas. Have you noticed that? Have you tried to get gas over here? I got the the diesel going, so I got to go. Well, you got a Volkswagen. How many gallons does that take? Half? Half a gallon? A gas? Your tank, it holds what, half a gallon of gas? Yeah, right. I'm getting, because like, mine holds 100. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't know. Dodge Drago said. I'm sure. What is it? Like the pity, at least, to, to fill it up? When it was, when, when the gas prices were peaking, my oh. record was 68 bucks oh, I don't to fill it. that thing up. That was how much it cost so far. So I think, yeah, it's like 50 gallons. But it caps me at $40 over here. And that started during the uh, the hurricane time. And they still haven't taken the the ration setting off of the pumps over here. And I keep forgetting that. And I come over here and I'm like, 40 bucks? Dude, that gets me just a little bit over half in this tongue, this tank uh, that I'm driving over yeah. here. And not that I'm the only person to say this, but since the, the since this president's been on, in office, yeah. before he was in, it cost me 19 bucks yeah. to fill up my car. Thank you, Mr. President. Now, now it's like 33. For those la- low uh, gas prices, right. Absolutely. Oh, don't go get me Wasn't started. even 20 bucks. That's all I'm saying. Don't go get me started. Watch that freaking loose change. We got the link on there. 
You can also download the file. It's out there. People have it. If you have, like, the BitTorrent thing, I downloaded it. Download an AVI file. The Roxio Easy Media Creator will take that AVI file and burn it into a DVD for you. Sweet. Which I have already done. QIM, hello. George. Yeah. Hey. I, uh... I sent you an email since you've been talking about faxes this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nice and safe. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to tell you guys I appreciated the fact that you guys put that uh, loose change on. Um, I had seen it on Cladblog, the place you talked yeah, about. Yeah, it's Dutch. Apparently I said it was German. Uh, what do I know the difference between Dutch and German? I don't, especially when I see it written, so <laughs> it's Dutch apparently. But uh, it, it, I couldn't read what it said. All I saw was a picture of the yeah. flowers, and I clicked on it. And um, no, that's part of the fun. Yeah, is clicking on links, and you don't know what you're going to get. Exactly. But uh, I, I sent you over a bunch of other links. There's one for uh, Scholars for Truth, um, 9/11 Truth. Okay. That's a very good website, as, and uh, it's, I think it's st911.org or something like that. All right. And uh, there was another one for uh, uh, Question 9/11. Okay. And they have uh, a bunch of videos. There's uh, eyewitness 9/11 where there's these uh, helicopters flying over and they're not rescuing yeah. people, but they're you know acting strange and there's uh, bombs going off inside the buildings. Whatever. The, the helicopters and things like that don't convince me. What convinces me is exactly what Hunter S. Thompson right. was saying at the beginning. Yeah. Who stood to gain from this? Who had the ability to do it? Exactly. The desire to do it. The 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 will the intestinal fortitude to do it in other words who has no conscience whatsoever right. to do it and and who stood to gain and who has gained since it did happen who has gained since it happened yeah. there's a lot in the meantime, more on right. there as well there's just like, think about it logically for a little while exactly the corporation right um, that that the people who are making money free. see a lot of people are losing money right now and have sure. been during these past uh, six years but a lot of other people are making money hand over right. fist right so Literally. think about that think about who's making the money who's benefiting right now because we're not whole, real quick because I know you got to go in right yes we do um, John Murtha John Murtha you got it and please add that John. Um, uh, Chuck Hagel all right Chuck Hagel we got it all right man thank you so much 1029 on all Yehudi Radio 560 WQAM. Ah, good afternoon. Yes, can I help you? The name is London Lee, and I would very much like to see Neil straight away, please. I have this package I wish to deliver. Neil is in Canada. Besides, you can't go in there while the show is on. Perhaps you didn't hear me the first time. I am none other than London Lee. You're dressed like Austin Powers. Yes, well, actually, he dressed like me. That was my act. I was quite the dandy, you know. Thought it was time to jump on the old bandwagon, shall we say. That movie came out eight years ago. Quite simple, really. I was frozen longer. Uh, Enough of this bloody babble. I demand to see Neil now. George, there's a man by the name of Leapy Lee here to see you. No, 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 London Lee. Now see here, Whiskroom Face. I'll have you know I'm London Lee. Be this standby guest for the Mike Douglas and Merv Griffin show. I work with the greats. Like K-Star and Carol Cook. Somebody get Bo Camper in here. You haven't heard of me, have you? No. Does John Biner or Sandy Barron ring a bell? Sorry. Blast it all. What's the situation we have here? This hooligan refuses to let me see near Rogers. Neil's not here, man. Door's this way. Unhand me, you brute. So how'd it go in there? Total waste of time. They didn't know who I am. Yeah, I always have the same problem. Those came and asked to go, but uh, I thought they would know you more. Oh, well, here's your package back. Package? 
You didn't leave it in there? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it. This bit needs a little bit of an explanation. It's funny to everybody in the studio here, so I had to bring Miguel in because we had a little bit of an incident yesterday. Actually, we had two, and they were very similar kind of things. And I'm going to be talking about you in a minute here, Pete, from Red State Riot, who is not my friend. By the way, remember that call yesterday? Neil Neil said, oh, this is a friend of yours? No, it's not. Pete from Red State Riot, who we played uh, some of his music back during the election because they're a anti-Bush, anti-Republican band, sent us some CDs here recently, and they got a gig going on, so he decides to ambush the show and kneel and, uh, and, and plow a plug for himself onto the air and, and, and starts the call off by saying, oh, hi, George, it's Pete from Red State Right. <laughs> Never met you, Pete. Did you a favor, played your music, talked you up. Uh, I guess it wasn't good enough, so you call and you represent yourself uh, like a friend. I mean, that's not what he said, but that's, of course, what Neil's going to presume when somebody calls up and goes, Hey, you're... All right? Good luck to you, Pete. Very similar kind of a situation. You know, people, because I, I... And I, I know I bring it on myself, right, because I encourage people to send stuff, and I'll play it, and I promise that I'll listen to it, and if I like it, I'll, I'll play it on the air, and I'll talk about it. And I don't regret that, but I know... But that gives a lot of people the wrong idea. And I don't, I don't know why. People just presume a lot. I guess that's why. So here's this guy, London Lee, who I had never heard of in my life. And apparently at some time yesterday, what time would you say it was more or less, Miguel, yesterday? Ten. At ten o'clock. This character, who Miguel describes as what, like a, a, a midget with melanoma? A sun-fried, five foot tall at least, or am I exaggerating? Or was he like four feet tall? 4'11". Was he? Okay, he was 4'11". Uh, if he were 4'10", he would technically be able to classify himself as a little person and receive, uh, you know, medical disability or something like that. He would qualify for the uh, Americans with uh, Disabilities, the ADA Act or something. Yeah, good for him. Good luck to you. But, uh, well, he's, he's not an American. Apparently, he's English. Boca Bryan explained the history of this guy to me. Apparently, he is a, uh, a character who would appear on the Merv Griffin show very minor bad comedian who surfaced around the time of the British invasion when British stuff was really hot and popular. He capitalized on that by, by being a Brit guy who would uh, do some comedy, at least he called it comedy, and he would wear a lot of ruffles. He would wear the ruffled shirts that those British fans would wear in the days, you know, with the lacy sleeves and the ruffled shirts. Was he wearing that kind of a get-up no. when he came here yesterday? No, no, no. But he showed up at 10 o'clock and he brought a CD in the, and talked your ear off. Why don't you take us through what happened uh, during incident well, number one. I blocked one. it out already, man. Come on. Well, sorry. Bring it back. And listen, you didn't watch The Shield. You could give us at least this much. <laughs> so this guy comes DVR. in. This the Fred, can, yeah. He comes in. It's 10 o'clock, obviously. He can't see Neil for two reasons. Right. You know? Neil's invisible. <laughs> three reasons. He's invisible, and uh, he's in Toronto. So, you know, I try to pawn him off on you. Right. Well, course. obviously, you can't bring the guy in, and you try to explain that to him, and it has well, some difficulty. You know, still, that wasn't good enough. You right. Know, he wanted you know, to go into the conference room or wherever, anywhere there was a CD player, yeah. um, so I could hear two seconds, at least, of the CD. The whatever it is. Was it a song? We'll never know. I, we'll never know, because uh, he took it back. Apparently. He took it back. Well, let's not get ahead of the story. And he talked to you for uh, way too long. How many Way, years? way, way too long. It was uh, you know, probably like five minutes, but yeah. it felt like 30. Well, that'll teach you well. to talk to people. Didn't I try to tell you that people suck? Well, I have to talk to people every day. I know, I know, and you're going to be. As a matter of fact, from noon to two, please show up and just talk to Miguel a lot. He <laughs> loves to talk to people. Maybe London Lee will show up. 
Maybe you can trade him a Best of Neil CD for that CD that we never got to hear. Yeah, if he shows up maybe there, it was I'll play great. it in the car. You know what? Maybe that. it was the greatest thing in the world, and now we'll never know because the guy is just a crazy person. So he leaves the CD with you. Which I do like I say. I gave it to you. Now you explained to him that I wouldn't be able to listen to it during the show. Correct. Someone who's he in show business can understand we're doing a live radio show, and I'm not going to listen to a, a comedy bit. He's on the air right now. He's off at 2 o'clock. Right. He might listen to it then. I might. Or he might listen to it first thing in the morning. Right. I might. One way or the other, he'll call you back. If right. it's funny, he'll call you back. If it sucks, he'll call you back. Right. That's what I said, dude. Well, I mean, whatever. That's up to you. you know, that's what I told that's him. That's actually half true. If it sucks, I don't call them back. Okay. Because, you know, and I... But and it I, sounds good for me and to say me, that. And let me tell you my reasons, because I used to call people back and say, hey, thanks for dropping this off, but it's just not our thing, and, and here's how that Uh-oh, goes. Man, yeah, here yeah, here's how that goes. Uh, what's wrong with it? Well, it's just, it's not our style. Why? Why isn't it your style? This I've had a hundred of these. Well, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Uh, Ninety. Like thirty. Maybe. Whatever it is, it's always the same thing. Here's what I don't get. Thank you for taking the time to listen it's more than anyone else would have done, which is true. Right. All right? It's more than anyone else in any other radio station would do. And thank you for at least calling me to let me know so that I don't have to worry about where's, you know, getting a response or what the hell is going on from there. That's what I should be hearing, but I'm not. I'm hearing, what's wrong with it? And then you try to tell them in the nicest way that you can, because right. I am a nice guy. I, you know, stick aside, air persona aside. I try to be nice, so I'll... Actually, I don't try to be nice. I try to be mean because that's the only way that you can survive down here. This is a horrible place for nice people. But I don't get that. What's wrong with that? You say, well, first of all, it's a little bit long. And, you know, most of the stuff that we play is a little bit shorter than that. And and it's not funny. And that's the worst thing that you could tell somebody. It's right. like, we, what we go for is funny and your stuff. While the subject matter, and this, this is usually the case because it's usually something like, for example, political humor. And the material is in the right place, but it's just not funny. It's just like a droning, preaching to the choir kind of stuff that right. we wouldn't really waste our time with. And so you try to explain that to the person. Was, I thought it was very funny. I played it for a lot of people who laughed. And my mom laughed. And, and I played it for the dog. And, and I played it for my cousin. And, and then they all laughed. And, and everybody that I played it for told me it was funny. Well, why don't you think it's funny? That's what I get. You know, and then they basically paint you into a corner where you have to say, look, I'm sorry. Our standards are our standards. Feel All free right? to take your CD over yeah. to Paul and Ron, and they'll be happy. Yeah, to take it. it, you know, somebody, Air America <laughs> will play it for an hour and rave about it, you know. But we have our standards over here, and we listen. We go through a lot of comedy. We listen to 20 bits for every one that we play. Right. All right? Between the the stuff that we get from Boca Brian and the two satellite services that we well, have, and listeners, played, and right? KJ, and Guitar Man, as a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons that Guitar Man doesn't do things for us anymore, is because he didn't like the concept that he would spend a lot of time working on a bit that he would not get paid for because we didn't think it was good enough to play. We wouldn't play it, we wouldn't pay for it, and he would get all bent out of shape about it. That's not the only thing that bothered him about that situation. Royalties was another one. And I don't blame him. For feeling bad about wasting his time. He felt like he was wasting his time. You know, and you can't really talk to artists. This is something that came from their heart. And for you to tell them that it's not good enough is an insult. Well, if it came from his heart, it wasn't wasting his time, well, was it? 
It's not going anywhere. It's not going to get played on the air. No one's going to hear it, so basically he wasted his time. And he's not going to get paid any money for it, so he wasted his time. All right? And it happens to Boca Bryan all the time, but that's, that goes all the way back to square one. And as a matter of fact, Boca Bryan's response was the opposite. He actually thanked me. He said, look, I have no idea. This stuff just comes out, and I have no idea if it's good or bad. Thank you for at least listening and letting me know if it's good or bad, because I would tell Boca Bryan straight up, going all the way back to 15 freaking years ago. It's like, and the first time that I told him something about it, I said, just like this, is that, hey, I said, you know, that bit's pretty good, but you left out the comedy. You forgot to put the comedy in there. And he laughed at that. And he said, oh, oh okay, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll do it over and I'll put some comedy in it this time. And he, and he did. He, he redid the entire bit and, and this time made it funny. And look, he's still around. And look at that. He's still around. Just goes to show you. So this guy comes in, and we're getting late for the break. To be continued, I guess. Well, not for me. Not for you. No, no. Part two has to do with Josh. Because Josh, we had two encounters with London Lee yesterday. I didn't enjoy either one of them. You, you, had, out, you had part one. Josh had part two. So part two. Yeah, if he comes in next time, I'm going to tell you a hot chick's at the front desk for you. Oh. At this point, I'm out there, and then Listen, you're doomed. my curiosity's peaked right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> you don't want it to be. 16 till 11 to be continued on WQAM. Hey, you all know the name by now, Drive Concepts. I've used them for over 21 years in my homes. They're the best carpet cleaning company in the world. So before you go out and spend thousands to replace your carpeting, Give Dry Concepts a call. You'll be amazed at the way they can bring those carpets back to life, looking just like brand new. When they finish doing their fantastic job for you, they leave your carpets vibrant in color, soft to the touch, and stain-free. Dry Concepts is the only company I would call, the only one you ought to be working with, too. I'm sure you already know it, but just in case you don't, Dry Concepts also specialize in drapery cleaning, upholstery cleaning, deep cleaning of your expensive leather furniture, and lots more. And they give you a written, guaranteed price before they start doing the job. And without a doubt, one of the best things you can do for oriental or area rugs is to use a quality underlayment. It's essential for extending the life and beauty of your area rug. It provides critical cushioning and prevents skidding and hard floors, too. During the month of March, call Rock Concepts and get 15% in savings on all underlayment padding. Rock Concepts, always professional, always on time. Carpet cleaning, water damage restoration, pet odor treatments, mattress cleaning, and lots more. Call the best, trust the best, Rock Concepts. Call them tool-free in Dade Broward and the Palm Beaches, 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071 or on the Wicked Web, dryconcepts.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 
You smell like happy on my sweater On a real wet Irish center I think I'm gonna send you a letter Saying you're so stinky I went out driving Hoping the air was clear Cause you smell like someone's vomit mixed with stale beer I guess I'm feeling just a little bit tired of this It's hope a nice perfume, you know it does exist I don't have any blessings left to my name An odor like moldy wood when it warps Check your pulse, you smell like a corpse but Clean your hair and wash your rectum Brush your teeth before you wreck them Buy some speed stick for your armpits You're so stinky You smell like happy on my sweater On a real wet iris header 105560 WQAM. We just added Jimmy Carter to the poll, and I should probably mention the poll. Neil started this last night. I actually had a poll idea I was going to do today, but uh, I'll take this and just save the original idea I had. Okay. Can I tell you what the idea is? Go for it. At the risk of people uh, wanting to put stuff on it, don't do this yet. We'll be, uh, you know, there will be many vacation days, many vacation shows, and and that's the hardest thing of all. It's coming up with a poll that people can uh, can wrap themselves around. Yes, it is. So to speak. And I've got one I don't think that we've done before. And it actually sounds a little bit like that. Something that you haven't done but would like to do. Have we done that before? No, but... And, you know, your imagination can run real wild. Really? Easy for you? Well, I mean, I have many things, but just something that got into my head. What's that? Skydive. Right. Things like that. Skydive, bungee jump. We we got threesomes, and then for those people who are curious, you know, we can have the... uh, the old uh, same partner sex for those people? Somebody just throw some money at you over here? Yeah, you know what they tend to do. They just see me and they oh, give me money. Dude. It's great. How does that happen? You know what? I got a gift, man. People just see me and they give me crap. You see? I don't want to trade with you. No. Who does? So this poll that uh, that Neil started last night, and I'm, I'm really glad that he did, 996. We're going to be over 1,000 before I even mention it. Who is... The U.S. living politician, or which living U.S. politician do you most admire? Bill Clinton is winning with 356, I mean big time, 35.7. I actually, uh, and I don't know if this was an oversight on his part or what, but Dean, Howard Dean, was not on there, so I added it on there this morning and then then voted for him uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. I mean, I kind of knew Bubba was going to run away. Yeah, I figured that he would, but see, since he's not running for anything anymore, I wanted to vote for somebody who has a chance as fantastic as it might be, a chance of being president someday. So we got Bill Clinton with 356. None, they're all crooks, 247. John McCain, 59. Russ Feingold, 44. I like Russ also. Barack Obama, also a good choice, 38. Dennis Kucinich, 38. Also 38 for Rudy Giuliani. GW has got 26. Ted Kennedy, 25. 24 each for Howard Dean, and I hate this poll. Al Gore has 22. Arnold, 14. Dick Cheney, 7. Listen to this. You got, you got the Dick Cheney hack going right now. Who you calling, KG? Six each for Elliot. What is it? Epit. What did you write there? Epitzer? What? It says Elliot Epitzer. Epit. Actually, it doesn't even say Epitzer. I, I didn't can't write pr- that. I can't pronounce what I didn't it write says on Elliot. there. 
No? No. Is that, I don't know where that typo came from. That's weird. Have uh, have Eric change it, but I don't know what it's supposed to say. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> I'm sure that's wrong. Condoleezza's got six, Hillary Clinton six, Al Sharpton five, John Kerry five, John Edwards three, John Murtha two, Jimmy Carter, who just went on there, has one, and Chuck Hagel has one. Look, we have 1010. We have 1010 votes right now in the poll. And I will, a little bit later, get into the woman that you most desire. Did you hear that, Josh? That was a little bit punish. That was good. The way I read it there. Because once we get into that poll, the poll from yesterday, the women that you desire, I have a, I have a feeling that we'll just tangent off and never come back. Yeah, which, by the way, is so hard. We will wax nostalgic. Anyway. We will wax shillelagh nostalgic all the way to the end of the show. And the other Cab Calloway song I'm going to save because you know how we have to play some music towards the end of the show because we have the short show today, which is good. we got Marlins on deck coming up at 12.50. And leading up to that... We're going to play the uh, the Reefer Man Cab Calloway song since he is our musical guest of honor today for being a cool old dude back when it was hard to be cool. So maybe it was easier than it is right now. So we got no good movies from the 40s, but now we have, you know. We're still searching for good movies from the 40s. And in case you missed it, I tried to watch Casablanca again. And, And by again, I mean while I was watching it, I realized that I had already tried previously and that this was... If not the movie, one of the movies that got me to dislike Humphrey Bogart, the 40s, hats, people talking with drinks and cigarettes in the same hand, the entire genre of the walkie-talkie movie. You know what I mean by walkie-talkie? They're just walking and talking. Which, if I might tangent briefly, good night and good luck. Good, important subject matter, very slowly presented. That's my review of Good Night and Good Luck. An important piece of historical docudrama, let's just say, that is slow and delivered to you in slow motion with slow, ponderous dialogue about like this. Okay? You could really, you could put this movie on and read a book at the same time. Or, I don't know, do your taxes. Something to keep you awake while this movie is going. You're putting me to sleep. Important to, sorry, sorry. I know my voice at, at, its, uh, at its normal pace puts people to sleep. QAM, hello. George, what's up, George? What's up? We're going to finish the uh, London Lee story after the next break, apparently. Okay. Hey, George, man, I got a story, man. Can we get a couple of the QM board ops to do 911, man? I think you know, I, I called 911 for, you know, an emergency, and the phone, no lie, George, the phone rang for five Good. straight minutes. Well, that's because I think our board ops actually do substitute for 911 I mean, operators. I think that's why that's happening. I mean, it, it rang for five minutes. Then right. No one answers. Maybe like 10 minutes later. That's what I was talking about. We did that poll, like, whose employees suck the worst, and we put the, you know, I put 9-11 on there. Apparently, no one understood what I meant by that. I was talking about the operators. They get, you know, $5 an hour Haitians to work on there, and they're, like, slacking. Yeah, exactly. So so the, so the phone, my phone, my cell rings back, and a lady gets on the phone and says, uh, yeah, we got a hang-up from this uh, from this phone number. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm like, I was like, what the? 
Um, I didn't hang up. I called, but no one really answered because I had an emergency. And she says to me, so where's the emergency? I said, I'm long gone from the emergency. I said, I kept calling. It's not an emergency anymore. Everyone's dead, and they're all buried already. Yeah, exactly. So this is the excuse. You know, well, I'm very sorry because, you know, we're understaffed here, and, you know, we don't have enough employees, you know, to to answer the phone. And, and I mean, then I called. This was a couple months ago. That was the second incident I called. I got the, uh, please wait, your call will be answered and the order is received. I dialed 911, and I have to wait in line, you know, for whoever else they're helping. For me to, you know, God forbid me and you're about to die, right. George, you'll be in trouble, man. The moral of the story is just uh, take the law into your own hands. You might as well because, uh, you know, the cops are just running radar anyway. They're not stopping red light runners. <laughs> yes, Josh can get an application down there. And there you go. If they're understaffed, maybe they're hiring. There you go. Job opportunities. Exactly. And we're late for the break. Thank you very much. They probably pay better. Elliot Spitzer. Do you think you could get Eric to uh, to change whatever it says to Elliot Spitzer? I'm sure. Corporate busting. It definitely wasn't me, by the it way. Great. All right. Well, it's a mystery. Hey, I know who it was. Yehudi. 2 till 11 on 560 WQAM. destruction got to be somewhere. We've obtained photographs that officials call definite proof of WMDs. What that means for your weekend, I think. I think that would be extraordinarily dangerous. Saddam Hussein was a threat. Part of that. And it's hard work. It's hard work. It is hard work. It is hard work. It's hard work. Everybody knows it's hard work. Now come on, let's go shoot something. I love shooting a nail gun. I love shooting a nail gun, too. You hear who died? Josh. A whole bunch of people. Well, I mean, most recently. You never heard of this guy. I didn't know his name. You might have seen the movie. You've heard this song. Yeah. You know the guy who does the song. Because of South Park. No, Isaac Hayes did not die. Oh, okay. I was like, whoa. Close, though. And, and no, it wasn't Shaft, but it was the uh, the director. The Shaft director? Gordon Parks. 93, though. He got up there. Gordon Parks, who captured the struggles and triumphs of black America as a photographer for Life Magazine and then became Hollywood's first major black director with The Learning Tree and the hit Shaft, died Tuesday, a family member said. He was 93. 
Parks, who also wrote fiction, who was an accomplished composer, died in New York. His nephew, Charles Parks, said in a cell phone interview from Lawrence, Kansas. So there you go, Gordon Parks. Just because, you know, why is he important to us? Because obviously, he made this movie. And because he made this movie, he needed a theme song. And because he needed a theme song, he called up Isaac Hayes, or somebody did, and said, Yo, Isaac, I'd like to do a theme song for this movie about this black detective. He said, Shut your You know, I'm talking about Shaft. Can you dig it? And of course, we like this. And, and I, I, I know I'm tired of complaining about it, but how come we don't have the waka waka guitar anymore? Like we have here. It's not in. I didn't get tired of it, see. I know it's not in, but I didn't get tired of it. See, normally, you get tired of something, they stop doing it, it goes away, and that's fine. And maybe you get untired of it and you want to hear it again. I didn't get tired of this in the first place for it to go away. I can hear that all day long. Well, we have the ability. But I'd like to hear it applied to something new. Since everybody's sampling these days, since we have sample artists, and I'm doing the quote thing with my fingers... How about sampling some of these tracks with the Waka Waka guitar going? Boy, you could read three car commercials, a weathercast, and five lost dog reports during the intro to this song, couldn't you? Yeah. And have did, no problem doing did it. Did I ever make you the um, Isaac Hayes' greatest hits? I mean, he's got like a couple others. Here it goes. No, I was wrong. Of course, if I could hear today, I'd do a much better job doing talk-ups. I'm getting tired, Isaac. That's enough. Okay, now it's enough. <laughs> we got to finish the story about London Lee. Oh, so geez. at 10 to 2 yesterday, we get a call from the receptionist saying, George, and Josh says, it's not George, it's Josh, but that's that's every day. And the receptionist, and I guess it was Nosselin at this point. It was. Thank God. Says, there's this, there's this old grizzled, sun-fried midget here that... No, she didn't say that. First, it started out with, tell George London Lee's here to see him. I didn't know who that was. Right. And you so said... So I said, okay, I'll tell hey. him in a second. You know, Neil was on the air, so I had the opportunity to slip that to you. Right. And He's I said, hey... He's it around the corner here, and, and, you know, not that we are supposed to be having these kinds of conversations during the middle of the show, but it had to be dealt with really quickly. I say as quickly as I can. Uh, I'm not going to see this guy... I'll get back to him in due time. I'll listen to the disc when I can, and I'll call him when I can in due time. And Josh conveyed that to Noslin, who conveyed that to this sun-fried, fossilized midget from across the pond, who responded to Noslin. And we should uh, get her in here, just to sit around. That's what I'm saying. Like, get her to take her shoes off, maybe you know, paint her toenails or something. But to get what she actually got told by him, because the next thing that comes through the little intercom over here is, um, well, he just wants the CD back. So why don't you just come out and give it to him? Thinking that that's all you're going to do. I did, yeah. During the following break, you go out there attempting to just give the CD back. But. Oh, no. Oh, no. Sorely mistaken. London wanted to go into a little bit of a conversation. Uh-huh. Started out with, uh, well, did he listen to it, the basics, which I, I expected. Right. I, I knew he was going to ask me. I said, Understanding, you know of course, now that, now that you've heard Miguel's side of the story, that he was told that there would be no opportunity for me to listen to his CD while the show is in progress. 
you grizzled old fart from show business who should know how these things operate. Go ahead. So, you know, he goes into that at first, and I'm thinking, no big deal. And let me just tell him, you know, no, he didn't listen to the CD. He'll get around to it when he can. You know, obviously, I'm giving it back to you, but he hasn't listened to it just to let you know. I kind of start turning around as if I were to go back to the studio. Yeah, you're trying to. Just walk away. I was trying. Okay. Then he starts going into stuff about Neil, mm-hmm. saying, oh, well, I dropped the food off for Neil. Do you know me? I'm London. And, and I go, sir, Neil does the show from Toronto. He goes, what? What do you mean? And who took the food? It was this guy. I'm like, oh, this guy? I was like, really? Because Neil's in Toronto, sir. That's all I got for you. I'm doing a show yeah. right now. Somebody took then your he started food going into more, it, just about, about you. Well, well, can I come in? Can I come in the studio? Can we listen to this right now? Isn't the show almost over? I'm like, yeah, but we're in the middle of it right now. And I told you it's not a good day. I'm trying to get the, you know, some trying people to get just back don't in here listen to, do your to job, what you right? tell them. So, yeah, some people. They're called people in Florida. Yeah. You know, when you try to get a point across, and I was being really yeah. polite. Right. That, that doesn't work here either, I've noticed. And, you know, and then, you know, Noslin, you know, to her credit, after like five minutes of conversation with this guy, and I'm like, listen, I'm on a break here, pal. I got to get back. And she, even she says, hey, listen, you know, he's doing a radio show. You know, well, so, and then at that point, I just turned around and walked. Just walk away. That's all I could do. And there be an end to the horror. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, he would have had me out there all day. Obviously, he's a crazy old getchke, and... These kinds of things, I mean, this is the most, I mean, it happened yesterday, the most recent time. These kinds of things have happened before, both ways. I mean, we got the incident yesterday also where uh, where Pete from Red State Riot called up, you know, muscling his way onto the show. By the way, you know, in case you're listening, Pete, and you're uh, thinking of uh, calling and apologize, don't bother. You knew what you were doing. You know the address. You've sent stuff in the mail. You know the fax number. If you wanted to um, to get a plug on with our approval, you would have done something like that. But you just jumped on, you know, you just muscled your plug on for yourself, which is fine. You know, but just don't don't expect it to happen again. Hey, George, it's Pete from Red State Riot. Like, that's going to endear you to Neil. And just like invoking Neil and saying that you're an associate of Neil's is going to endear you to me. Like, I brought Neil food, or the, and I don't know how many times, at least 100 somebody, you know, has called or come to the door saying that they're a friend of Neil's or, you know, hey, I slept with him or uh, I uh, uh, worked with him, I was his board op or, uh, you know, I washed his car or uh, I'm his best friend or or anything like this. If if I haven't heard of you, you're nobody. How's that? And if Neil hasn't heard of you, you're nobody. It doesn't matter whether you're a friend of mine or a friend of his when the other guy is doing the show or, or, uh, or something like that. But just the nerve of some of these crazy people. And I just, I really wish I would have seen the guy just so that I can get a yuck yeah. out, of, out of everything see, that's going visually, on. Visually, you would have gotten I mean, Maybe I will yuck. see the guy. Maybe he'll be waiting for me downstairs with a baseball bat. I got I mean, a feeling I could take him. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I tell you what, you yeah. can't take this guy. All right. <laughs> we, you're starting to come to those classes with me right away. All right. <laughs> I could use some classes. I, let me tell you, I don't run like a girl. But I do punch like a girl. Well, then you already beat him. Huh. I run like a man, but I punch you like a girl. You've got to run around him. I punch like a girl. You know, those You've seen Army fists. of Darkness? Yeah, yeah. Remember the skeletons? Yeah. Looks like that, but just picture like oh. really rough uh, melanoma skin. Did he have like green He had the glasses on him? going inside. Oh, Can't good guy. Can't stand that, by the way, when people wear the glasses Oh, like inside. those dark-ass uh, oh, yeah, you total sunblocker glasses, the ones that, the over glasses that you wear over your regular glasses and everything, yeah. 
typical old South Florida codger. Just thought we'd share that amusing story because apparently this is a big man in the business, or at least used to be, or is thinks, that right? he, thinks he is. Well, that's a, that's according to him. I mean, that explains his attitude. He's used to just walking right into places, you know, just throwing his name out there and just doors open magically and the, the carpet rolls right out, you know, because he was on TV. He was on with Merv Griffin, I'll have you know. That was the inspiration for the Boca Brian bit. I mean, I just suggested I don't said I don't know if there's a bit here or something like that, but but Brian was all over that. He knew all about it. By the way, guys, my story. That bit. <laughs> yeah. That was good stuff. That was good stuff. But Boca told me the whole the whole life story. He told me every guest appearance that he ever did on every show. So he knows him or he knows of him? No, he knows of him. He's he's seen him on TV back then. He's you know. That Boca's all about all that stuff. You know, like how we are about stuff that's on Comedy Central and everything right, like that. Right. But, you know, Boca was all over the, that kind of thing in his day, Merv Griffin, everything that was on back then. So he knew all about London Lee. He was in, he was in Stitches when I was telling him the story. So it's not surprising that a bit came from that. QAM, hello. I'm your friend. QAM, hello. QAM, hello. QAM, hello. Hello. George? Yeah. Hey, man, that's funny you should say it about that guy. Me and Neil go... QAM, hello. Hello. Hey, George. We're all over. Yeah, talk into the phone. Hello. George. Hello. Yeah. These yeah, phones have been brutal the past month. Uh, you're talking about the 40s movies. Did you ever get into the Swashbucklers with uh, Errol Flynn or anything? Right. Yeah. But what year were those? I mean, Robin Hood was 30-something, wasn't it? Well, late 30s and then early 40s. See, I didn't say late 30s. I said 40s. Name me a 40s movie. Something that starts with a 4 that wasn't, that didn't suck. Okay. Well, there's a few out there. Name one. (laughs) The thing I wanted to bring up to you, which nobody and I have ever heard, is uh, Giuliani, he was the guy that uh, cleaned up that uh, building in Boca. He owned the company that cleaned up the uh, the Anthrax building. The Anthrax building, yeah. Yeah, and then he bought the building. But no one ever, no one ever mentions that. Okay. You know, was that little inside uh, trading? Well, you just did. There? I don't know. Eleven fifteen on, on I don't care radio five sixty WQAM. Ambiani is the music of the world. Classical, jazz, blues, and some black and blues. Now you can enjoy this timeless new masterpiece from the artist that inspires a call to bring the world together and inspired a call to 911. Yanni, mind, soul, and domestic abuse. The multiculturalistic splendor of his gripping orchestral brilliance intertwined with gripping and face slapping make these Yanni's finest compositions yet. Yanni's music carries you away to oceans where you can almost feel the salt spray and feel the assault and battery. An artist that blends the most uplifting elements you'll know from the first hook and the first left one. The music is Yanni. Relax and enjoy this inspirational new album while you're thrown into peace and tranquility. Let his music take you away while the police take him away. Yanni. Mind, Soul, and Domestic Abuse. CD available on Slapco Records. 1121 on 560 QAM. You heard that story yesterday, right? Uh, Yanni slapped his bitch up, which I think is kind of funny. There's nothing funny about domestic abuse, but I I think it's kind of funny. You know anything about Yanni? I got one Yanni story here. Do I know anything about him? Yanni plays piano. It's kind of new agey kind of stuff. I mean, I know... What I know, nothing. Yeah, I don't ever have a like. Nothing I don't, about him personally. Yeah, like well, he uh, now, apparently yeah. he's a uh, you know. 
Well, it was his girlfriend. He was trying to get her out of the house, and so I'm kind of sympathetic towards him because I feel your pain, Yanni. Hey, I'm sure it's hard out and there being Yanni. she feels your pain now, too. Uh, I don't know what happened, but if, if any part of that story is to be believed that he wanted her to leave the house, and if it's his house, then uh, she should have left the house. That doesn't mean that it's okay for him to smack her up. You know what I mean? But that kind of thing happens all the time. It's like, what are you going to do to get the bitch out of your house? Are you going to leave the bitch in your house? Not if you value anything, right? You're going to come back. It's all going to be gone. Remember that left eye? Oh, Jesus. Thing? Yeah, exactly. Well, she burned the house down. Exactly. So that's the kind of thing that's going through your head if you leave the bitch in your house. And he wants the bitch out of his house. I'm sure it's his house. He earned it. He's got a very successful career. He's got all these CDs out. Every once in a while, one of his songs will be on these uh, chill-out discs that I like so much that have yeah. things like Moby on there and uh, now, Olivia Neutron Bomb and all these, which are cool to listen to, like driving music. You put it on. Yeah, it's, it's got soothing, a It's mellow. It's got, uh, like, you know, ethereal kind of drum machine. Nothing wrong with it yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, it's all there. You're not going to go out of your way for it, but it's fine. It ain't offensive. But here's my Yanni story. It's kind of well, years ago. This is years ago, and this was when Yanni was just coming out. I uh, and I think it was uh, at Advanced Automotive. I had to drop my car off to get worked on somewhere at a car dealership. I'm not sure where it was, and I didn't have a ride home. It was going to have to spend the night. And I said, "Well, you know, do you have a loaner or do I have to call a cab?" And the guy said, "Well, I think we can have one of our employees take you home if you don't live too far." And I didn't. And so he asks the uh, the reception girl. Are you following this? Who happened to be phenomenal looking and smelling. Really? This is important. This is all part of the whole thing. She was just beautiful, charming, pearl-toothed, nice smile, beautiful, beautiful young lady. And the uh, the owner asked her, you know, know, you're getting ready to quit, right? This is at the end of the day. The car wasn't done yet. Sure, I'll take him home on my way. And she, you know, takes me home. So we're in her car, and she's like, like Yanni? And I said, oh, I don't think I've ever ever heard of uh, of Yanni, but I'm I'm cool with anything, you know me. I'm I'll try anything once for the most part. And uh, so she puts Yanni on and it was some unobtrusive ethereal piano-y. By the way, he's self-taught. So that's something that right? if nothing else. If he's self-taught, that means that all that money's his bitch and his house is his. So get the get the Yanni this out. Get the Joyce out of the house if he doesn't want you there. All right? Shouldn't have to slap you out of his house. Leave. Leave, Scoochie. So we're listening to this Yanni music, and the conversation is is snapping. I'm funny. She's laughing. You know what I mean? I'm doing well, in other words. And I'm already married at this point. She's taking me home to Pembroke Pines to my marital apartment. And she smelled good. And the car smelled good. She had some air freshener. I don't know what it is. Wild cherry, something. It just, it smelled good in there. And the Yanni music was all part of the ambiance. You know what I mean? It was, it was like working. romantic. It was all working. Yeah. The atmosphere, her look, and, and the smiling. And she was smiling a lot because I was, I was on, man. I was being funny. I was, I was firing on all cylinders. It was working. I could have gone somewhere from there, possibly. You know how it is when, you're, when it's working. You know. Right. Sometimes the game is tight. Sometimes, right. And, and, and it's working, and it's like, a, and you know, we get there, just left here, right there, and all, you know, while we're talking, and everything's connected, and it's going through good. And so, yes, we just pull up to the dumpster box because that's where the sidewalk starts to take me to the apartment. Yes, pull up right here. That that's this is good here. And you know, and, and it was painful to open the door, 
It was like, okay, bye, thank you for the ride. Bye, you know, see you again sometime. Next time you get your, get your car fixed, never happened, never saw her again. And I was like, I don't want to get out of the car, but I have to. Bye, see you later, bye. And, you know, I open the door and I, I close it. And as soon as I close it, that smell and the music disappears. And then the dumpster is right there. So you're a big fan so, of Yanni. So I smell the dumpster right there. Like, no, as soon as the door closes and the car pulls away, there's dumpster smell. And, and I walk into my apartment, and there's my, my lovely wife. And I'm back into my life. You know, so that's my Yanni story. You know, Yanni's all part of that whole memory there. So you got another love really for the Yanni. No, no, no. Right actually, now. I hate because that's, you know, Yanni's like part of this whole unrequited something I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Memory, like you know? I, I don't think purge I could. Yanni and that whole memory from my brain. You know, eternal sunshine of a spotless mind, kind of thing. Just, just take that out of my head. I don't need that up in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't recognize a Yanni song if you played it. I, well, I, I no, no, no. But they're out there. Sure. Nothing. I have no problem with Yanni. It's just you know, it's like generic, ethereal, new agey stuff. QAM, hello. Hello. Hey. QAM hello. It ain't just us. It can't be just us. QAM hello. Hi, George. It's Pete from Red State Riot, and I'm. QAM hello. I said not 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 to call. Hello. Yeah, can I talk to George? You are. George. The only reason why it's working, George, in the car is because you were married. You're right. It's like that Sylvester and Tweety cartoon when he swears off birds and all the birds come landing on him. I'm telling you, it's disgusting. You get married, and all of a sudden these girls want you for everything. You're single, nothing happens. Yeah. Anyway, Although I can't say nothing happens. It just, it just felt like nothing was happening. It wasn't happening frequently enough. That's that was the problem. But it's a great story, George. I like the story. All right. <laughs> Have a good day, sir. It's a, it's a horrible story. It's a tragic story. Tragic, tragic story. It's like no, no, my apartment isn't here. It's wherever you're going. I live right next door to you. Don't worry, I'll just I'll walk in there. Run away together and like, listen to Yanni. Yeah, let's just keep listening to Yanni and driving around all day. 11.28 on 5.60 QAM. That what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I be do. That's what he be do, he put the ball in the basket. That's what he do, he put the ball in the basket. That's what he do, he put the ball in the basket. That's what he be do. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. That what I be do. That's what he does, he puts the ball in the basket. That's what he does, he puts the ball in the basket. That's what he does, he puts the ball in the basket. That's just what he does. That what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I be do. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, that's what he do. He put the ball in the basket. The situation is, put the ball in the basket. He uh, puts the ball in the basket for the organization. That's my take on uh, what he do. That what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I do, put the bowl in the basket. That what I be do. That what he do, he put the ball in the basket. What he do, he put a ball in the basket. And he gives 110% to put the ball in the basket. And that's what he be do. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. That what I do, put the ball in the basket. That's what I do. 
26 till 12, 560 WQAM. They were 26 minutes away from Miguel being at the grand opening of Advance Auto Parts. This time at 7701 Biscayne Boulevard in Miami, just uh, just south of us here. Now, Biscayne Boulevard, that's, you know, it goes through all the neighborhoods, right? So it doesn't matter what sure. hood that happens to be at. It's down there-ish. Right by La Migra, as a matter of fact. I'm sorry. Just a couple blocks, uh, blocks, blocks. Let's see, 77, that would be just south there, right? I'm just sorry. south of the INS building. Okay. Just right across from my, I don't know if there's like a little canal or something right there, but uh, we used to drive right down 79th Street to go to the old radio station back in the olden days. And it's right down there, and that's a high traffic area, and I know we got listeners in that area because every stripe, every shade, stripe, and ethnicity, the entire cast a crash goes through that area all the time continuously and if we don't get a big dollar amount today even though we have a short show Miguel will be there until two o'clock guaranteed very nice we're going off the air what is it a t- 12 50 12 50 ooh that's excellent but he will be there all the way until two o'clock because he's got to be how's that and if we don't have a decent dollar amount today uh, we're all going to get beat up tomorrow. Miguel, Josh, and most especially me will get beat up if we don't get, like, close to a grand, at least over 500 bucks. I mean, let's just stay humble over here. If we don't get at least 500 bucks down there at, that, at a high-traffic area like that, then uh, then we're just we're not going to hear the end of it tomorrow, no. right? And don't just think about us, because I know you're not going to. Think about us getting beat in the face by Neil. But that's not going to be entertaining past the first half hour, right? And you're going to get four hours of that tomorrow. So please go down there. It's for the puppies and the cats, too. Abandoned Pet Rescue. Great people. It's a no-kill animal shelter in Fort Lauderdale. Taken in dogs and cats, strays, even parakeets, even duck-billed platypuses. Or is it platypi, if it's plural? I don't know. Do you know they have a poison spike? Really? You look at that little thing, and it doesn't look dangerous. They've got poison spikes on the back of their feet. On the back of their feet? On, the, on their back feet, they got poison barbs. Hmm. With poison. So, and they'll take them in, too. $20 gets you a CD. $20 gets you a T-shirt. They're $20 each. It's the 30th anniversary CD. Great stuff on there. Bits from the past. Bits that we were never able to play on the air. Bits that have been banned from the air forever. Uncensored versions of bits that you've already heard on the air. Bits we got fined for playing on the air. And some new things, too, including, like, the Mo, the Doi, and the Geldy. You know, some of the some of the good, fresh bits that are on there, too. A nice mix of nuts for you there. Put it in the car. And, oh, ooh, almost forgot to say, some outtakes from the show. Funny little moments, the Jamaican lady calling Neil, the bridge tender, for those of you who aren't tired of that yet. Uh, the scooting lady is on there. Neil does a disclaimer at the beginning where he says, uh, you know, all of the words several times. For those people who like to hear Neil curse, that's the first track on there. So please, not only is it for charity, but you get something too. You know, the CD is free with a $20 donation. And the T-shirt, the T-shirt, nice graphics, it's got the same album art. If you're, if you know, if you appreciate the show at all, or the charity at all, go down there, contribute. I mean, we're not just going to ask for money. We actually give you something back. See Miguel, ask him to tell you his London Lee story. We looked it up, London Lee. That's right. I was going to tell you that. Did you know that I walked away from a star? <sighs> you know, he might never come back now. Damn. 
71, was that his last uh, broadcast appearance? This is true. Um, he On the did, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson? Uh, a movie called The Gambler. And is that the Kenny Rogers movie? Or is 74. That? No. 74. No Kenny Rogers, you know? Oh, look, we got a couple. Of, Grapes of Wrath, 1940, which I have not seen, and Casablanca, 1943. I just got done saying I tried for the second time to watch Casablanca. As you said. Good God. Rick and uh, Ingrid Bergman and the Nazis and just snore, snore, talking. QAM, hello. I'll uh, check yeah. out Rick's Wrath, though. I uh, was asking, where's the location for the... Uh, What's with the feedback today? I Go ahead, don't sir. know. Go ahead, sir. Keep talking. Where's the location of yeah, the van the... today for the CD and the T-shirt? Yeah. 7701 Biscayne Boulevard. Okay. All right. Oh, in Miami. And they're there until 2 o'clock, right? They will be there from 12 till 2. He's on oh. his way there now. If he's not there now, he'll be there within minutes, mere minutes. He should okay. be there already. Right. Thanks, right. George. No, By thank the way, you. For the anniversary, I made a donation to Pet Rescue. God bless you. Yeah. Thank well, you, sir. 30 years. Right. And I gave $10 a year, so. But you're you're spectacular. He's worth more than that. Yes, he is. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. All right. That was nice. QAM, hello. Hello? Hello. George. Caller. Um, when are y'all going to bring your van down to Homestead or to the Redlands or something? Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk to me about that, first of all. Uh, I'm sure Miguel is listening to you right now, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell him to take it under advisement. You know, I, my heart belongs to Homestead and Leisure City in the Redlands because uh, that's where I spent my formative years down here. Right. But I have to acknowledge that it's the hinterlands, and people are reluctant to go down there, down past the Kendall Packing Plant. There you go. Past the, yeah, Dude, Kendall the Kendall Packing Plant, I got blood on their cement, all right? All right. The, I cracked my skull on their loading docks. <laughs> I rode my bike through every square inch of that packing plant. There you go. In the middle of the night while nobody was there. (laughs) Hey, and if the management of Kendall Packing Plant is listening, y'all guys got a great sprawl in there. I really like those little strips that you have over the refrigerated sections. And it was uh, your night watchman, Clarence Leroy Wood III, that let his punky stepchild run rampant through your factory in the middle of the night while he was supposed to be protecting it. All right. All right. Thought you might (laughs) want to know. All right. Take it easy. Oh, and he also used to flub the time clock thing. You know how night watchmen, they have their time clock. They have to go to certain checkpoints, and they have a special key in these checkpoints. And they stick the key in their little clock that they carry around and turn the key, and that marks the clock on the inside. Now, you're not supposed to be able to open that, and your supervisor opens it and sees what time you turned the key at each location. Each location has a different key. You following me? Gotcha. All right. Now, what my stepfather would do is he would pick the lock on the clock, the lock clock, the clock lock. He would pick it, and then he would go to each location. And he would turn the key several times for each time that he was supposed to be there. He would wind it forward, click it, wind it forward, click it. And do that at each location and then go take a nap. Then go sleep. All right? So hopefully they have a better system now at the Kendall Avocado and Lime Packing Plant. QAM, hello. Hello. Yes. How are you doing? How are you doing? Hey, I'm on air? You're on the air right now. It's amazing. Cool, baby. No waiting. Hey, listen, I was playing around on LimeWire and did a search. I don't know what I was looking for, but I found this Canadian series that's outrageous. 
called Trailer Park Boys. That's one of Suds' favorite shows I've seen. One episode, it was great. I want to see more. I keep forgetting when it's on. It's listed. It's on cable. It's on, like, BBC it's America. Check something out like LimeWire. Download them from LimeWire. Oh, that sounds like too much effort all for me. Five series. Okay. Okay. Talk to you later, man. Have Take a it easy. Day. Suds Bye. is all over that show, and I'm supposed to be watching it, and, and I'm not, because I suck. QAM, hello. Hey, George. How's it going? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm kind of deaf. And uh, I must, I'm all stuffed up. I can't breathe. But other than that, hey, you and me both were both married, so that's the answer to all the problems. Right. I got way more Yanni music than I even knew I had in this computer here, and I don't know how it got in there. <laughs> Yanni L put it in it in the middle of the night. It just slipped right in there. It sure did. George, I'm uh, a very big fan of the 1930s and 40s era. Love the movies. I would agree with you with Casablanca. It's very. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's got some of its moments, but for the most part, it's definitely um, just as fast as uh, that. Okay. But um, one good movie, if you haven't seen it yet, is uh, The Big Sleep. The Big Sleep? The Big Sleep has Humphrey Bogart in it, but it's a very, very good movie. And the multi Falcon or Falcon, however right. you want to pronounce it. I saw a little bit of that. I already saw how it ended. Highly recommend though. All right, Peter Laurie's in that, isn't he? Definitely good. What's that? Peter Laurie in that one? I'm sorry. I said, have a great day. You too. I, that phone. What's going on with the phones? We're getting a lot of that. I maybe. don't know. I, and I'm wondering if it's us. You know, we don't. I mean, I have no control. I, I know. Anything. I don't. I don't know why it's doing that lately, and it, it didn't used to be like that. Sixteen till twelve on all Yanni Radio five sixty WQAM to drink. Hand it over. I'm fine. I do this all the time. That's exactly why I'm not going to let you do it now. This man is a designated dialer. Let me just call her. I know she still loves me. No, she doesn't. She's insane, you're drunk, and there's a restraining order. Give me your phone. When you're blind drunk, a designated dialer will keep you from calling crazy former girlfriends, bitter ex-wives, or that butt-ugly freak who gave you her number right before closing time. Dude, her one eyebrow is kind of hot. Give me the phone before you do someone you'll regret. Okay, here. You did the right thing. Be a designated dialer. Because friends don't let friends dial drunk. I love you, man. <laughs> 11 till 12. 560 QAM. By the way, that's the... Uh... Are we That's gonna play the? Uh, are we gonna play the uh, the uh, the St. Patty's Fifty Cent? Oh yeah, well I'm I'm saving that up because it's a, it's a song one, so I want to you know like the top of the hour kind of thing, play the jingle. Right. Notice, my pattern, not to be predictable, but I am. I'll be uh, doing that. Don't forget, Miguel, twelve o'clock. He might be there already. Yeah, I think he we'll is. We'll be getting reports. Grand opening of Advance Auto Parts, seventy-seven zero one, Biscayne Boulevard in Miami. CDs, T-shirts, and stories. Stories about his brush with greatness yesterday with a grizzled, sun-fried British midget. QAM, hello. I should read this poll, shouldn't I? QAM. QAM, hello. George. Hey. How's it going? How you doing? Uh, too bad, man. Listen, I uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, your boy, Scott Farrell. Yeah? He's got a spot up in uh, Howard uh, Series Radio. Yeah, we know. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Off the chain, man. That guy uncensored is like, well, like neo-censored. It wasn't pretty. He wasn't very censored on the air, and that's why he, uh, you know, he's not yeah, here anymore. Yeah, but when you when you actually get to listen to him, right. like, the beats and all I, that, I did uh, I, a lot. Hey, I, I got to listen to him uncensored a lot. Off the hook, if man. you know what I mean. And then they like got every uh, day. 
Did you did you um you like Sirius Radio? Like Sound Radio? I, I've Sirius never Radio? Uh, I've never heard it. I mean, I, I I don't I take that back. I was at a car dealership once, and uh, uh, you know they had that little display radio right there. We were doing an appearance, and we were right next to the display radio. We got right. to play with the uh, the Sirius one and the XM one, but I don't I don't have one so. And why is that? What's your turn off to it? Is it just cause you're radio? Because, well, because, uh, number one, it costs money. Number two, it costs money. Uh, yeah, it costs money, but you're paying. You also, remember, you gotta, you're paying for programming. No, I, I understand. On-air personality. Yeah, you know, I, I, mean. I understand, but see, uh, first of all, I, I'm a fan of local radio because I like to hear people talking about what's going on in my town. Call me right. old-fashioned, if you will. Well, no, no, and I, I, I know they got some uh, some music channels on there and everything like that, but I spend a lot of time listening to CDs. For example, I started the show talking about how I listen to a lot of stuff that people send in, and we get music people like uh, like the real labels sending in real boxes of CDs. So right. I'm listening to CDs a lot. That's so. cool. No, because I used to listen to... To you guys a lot, honestly. And so I bought my serious radio. Yeah, there's no I, reason to I, listen I to terrestrial radio off. anymore. I understand, yeah. I barely turn it off because just the That's programming right. and the on-air personality. No, I understand, yeah. Hey, absolutely. I'm, buy I'm serious radio. Never listen to uh, terrestrial radio again. Thank right, you very I'm much. Here, yeah. I'm here in Miami. All of a sudden, I, I know, talk yeah. Pharrell. I'm like, Real, I'm like what the yeah. hell are you yeah. doing on this? You know, I'm like, oh, Pharrell's God. great. And, uh, terrestrial yeah, radio sucks. Never, never, yeah, buy serious radio. Never listen to terrestrial radio again, absolutely. Right, no, you Sucks. There's absolutely no reason to listen to uh, AM or FM ever, ever again, now that Sirius and XM are on there, okay? And be sure to call back tomorrow, and we'll spend five minutes promoting satellite radio over what we're doing for, you know, maybe we'll do it for ten minutes tomorrow. What do you think, Josh? QIM, hello. Hey, hello. QIM, hello. Hello. Hi. QIM, hello. George, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm terrific. This is your Redland connection. I heard that guy hey. call. Heard that guy call a while ago. I, I would uh, like for there to be something going on down there, but see, what's going to have to happen is someone or someones will have to convince Miguel that there is enough of a desire, there's enough of an audience down there in that area to warrant the van schlepping all the way down there. Well, a couple of years ago, the last time you put out a, a disc, uh, they were at an auto supply, an advanced auto supply, mm-hmm. I think, right on the highway. And, okay. and traffic was a mess because everyone was stopping in there. Really? Yeah, it was a zoo. Okay. I don't know how many dollars they did, but, I mean, when I stopped in there, it was like ten people in front of me in line. I'm all for it, but it's not my decision. I'll I'll put my, my plug in for it. How's that? Okay, well, put my plug in, too, because I met Miguel down in uh, in Homestead one afternoon when you guys were down there. Is, is Homestead enough of a compromise to satisfy Leisure City, Redlands? Well, the last time know, they were down this way. Naranja. Yeah, the last time we were down this way, they were actually in, uh, I guess it was like Naranja. Park the right there by the fake jet. No, 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 farther north than that. Really? Yeah, the last time he was here, I think he was down about, uh, say, 268th Street in the highway. Okay. And Homestead's like 300th Street. All right. And that's where I'm at. hear that, Miguel? Yeah, Miguel, listen up. Homestead wants you. All right, man. All right, take it easy. As a matter of fact, if it's season, you know, you could bring back some uh, more of those sticky Cinnabons from Nosberry Farm. Sticky icky. Uh-huh. QAM, hello. Hello. Yes. Hey, George. Hi. Hey, um... I heard that caller earlier talking about a 911. Yes. I have a crazier story than that. I, I was in downtown Miami doing deliveries, and uh, I was sitting at a stoplight and completely got hit in the back by this PT Cruiser, and the guy just took off. And then, hit and run. And then uh, exactly. And then I called 911 to, uh, you know, have an officer dispatch to file a report. I wait there for like an hour and a half, and uh, I get then my cell phone rings, and it's 911 calling me. Mm-hmm. to tell me that 
we can't dispatch any officers to file a report with you at this time. I'm like in the entire county of Dade, you can't get it. I, I saw like three cops pass down this road right. in the last 20 minutes. So I have to wind up going to the police department and filling out a <laughs> delayed accident report. Great. And I mailed it to Tallahassee, basically doing the officer's yeah, job. Yeah, it's all service. Might as exactly. well, might as well down here. It's like I don't know what to do about the red light runners. I mean, should I just, should I just get out of my car while they continue to flow through the intersection with my uh, police flashlight because I have one and just start smashing headlights as they drive by? And no hold far now. All right. Take it All right, easy. Matt. You know, we took that poll and they came in dead last. What did they get? Like maybe two votes. I think maybe the numbers scared people, or maybe people didn't know what we were talking about. Maybe we should have spelled it out a little bit better. You know, the 9/11 operator people, because we were talking about. The employees. Remember the poll? Who has the worst employees? And we put just 911 on there. Should we have, we have put 911 and then parentheses, emergency services, the people that you call to help them identify what the hell we were talking about? I don't think it still would have helped. QAM, hello. Hello. Uh, I have a couple of movies from the 40s, I think. Okay. And one of them, China Smith. China Smith? Yeah, I believe it was a guy named Dan Durier was an actor in it. And then there was a... That's a good. It won't put me to sleep. Uh, I got don't something know, going yeah. on besides just people wearing hats, walking and talking. 52. <laughs> no, 52. No, 52 <laughs> is the year for that movie. Next one. Oh, it's 52? 52. Okay, well, I'm... And then Outpost Malaya. We're Googling. And I don't know... You know, it was real busy. It was an army kind of movie, and it was people trapped in the fort in the middle of the jungle kind of thing. We're looking... We're looking. Okay. All right. <laughs> that was close to China Smith, though. It was pretty good. Come on, Josh. Outpost in Malaya? <laughs> Outpost in Malaya. It might have been Malaysia, but I think it was Malaya. Oh, whatever. Just put Outpost in Mal. And here we go with the weird feedback <laughs> Yanni music again. Oh, I forgot. I was going to play Yanni like under us. Even though Cab Calloway is supposed to be our musical guest today. I've linked 52 also. So oh! try again. Now, do your own fact checking before you call us again, please. Spare Josh some effort. 4 till 12 on 560. Whoa, whoa. Double. UQAM. With lightning quick speeds, the latest features in security, Comcast high-speed internet leaves DSL in the dust. And right now you can get on board for just $9.95 a month for two months. With an always-on connection speed of 6 megabytes, Comcast high-speed internet is up to four times faster than DSL 1.5 and up to 100 times faster than dial-up. Whether you're downloading music, watching streaming video, playing online games, or just surfing your favorite sites, Comcast Reliable Fast Connection means you'll be flying through the Internet with the greatest of ease. Plus, when you sign up for Comcast High-Speed Internet, you get instant access to free features like the fan, video mail, Comcast Rhapsody Radio Plus, and up to seven personal email accounts, just to name a few. Not only that, but you get McAfee security tools included, so you can be assured that your Internet experience is always safe and secure. So what you be waiting for? Start doing more faster than ever before. Sign up for Comcast High-Speed Internet today for only $9.95 a month for two months. You'll wonder how you ever managed without it. In Dade, call 305-COMCAST or in Broward, 954-COMCAST. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Wonderful WQAM. The station with a happy DJ. Go, 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 Irish. It's St. Patrick's Day. We're
We're drinking whiskey because it's St. Pat's Day. We're yeah. getting real tipsy because it's St. Pat's Day. And everybody's wearing green because it's St. Pat's Day. You can find me in the pub. Guinness in a mug. Buy us another round because you know we want to chug. And there's a corned beef, me favorite Irish grub. St. Patrick's Day has come. Let's drink until we're numb. You can find me on the scene. The beer's colored green. Call in sick to work. Got here at 9.15. Two in the morning is when I'm going to leave. I'll drink until I heave on March 17th. Don't try to act like you're really Irish today, neither. If you were, you'd be in the pub all the time. So bugger off the lot of you. But first, would you be so kind as to buy me another pint? And a shot. And if you're treating, make it a double. Uh, you know, that reminds me. I wanted to, to give uh, London Lee a message in his native language there. Bugger off, wanker. Or bugger off, wanker. Nice. How's that? Listen, I got Sold off, mate. I, I didn't even tell you, but I found a little hole in the wall bar. That's right by your... Or in your neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Wonder if you've heard of it. The Fields. Never heard of it, no. It's an Irish bar. Hi, laddie. They got a guy with the bagpipes, a lady singer, and a guy on violin. No, no, I mean like real people. Oh, yeah. They're all from Crank. Dublin. I mean, from the outside, this place looks like a shack. Right, right. The inside's big. They got an actual Irish band. The, the lady who waited on us was from Dublin. Let's set it up. Dude, the best beer I've ever had. It's spelled no. American Smithwicks, but as an Careful. Irish person, we say Smithix. Smithix. I want a Smithix. I get it. And they do they I've have been like, buying it from do they have like the brogue? Do they have the Irish brogue going? Um, I didn't see any no. of that actually. Because you know I love my uh, Irish music, like the the folkier. This is the place for the you. The grittier, folkier, the better. I like the modern Dropkick Murphys and Flogging Molly, and I like the old, old. Traditional stuff. Well, so that's great. like that's Irish. More Irish. Irish this is yeah. actually like very no, yeah, no, all of it. I like the Irish. Every uh, love the Irish man. I know Al Goldstein hates the Irish. You want to hear him say it? If you must. <laughs> Here, just. I hate the Irish. I'll, I'll take his portion. How's that? Because I, I love, the, I love, I love the Irish. You know. Get this, I'm, I'm hanging with my friends, and, and I got two Irish friends, both Dudley and Silent Sam are Irish. Silent Sam? Yeah, he don't say much. So, <laughs> really, I thought he was a talker. Remember, do you remember Service Merchandise? No, be, way, way before Jay and Silent Bob. No. So when we met Silent Sam, he came in as a pair with a friend of, like, he was a friend of this other guy that we met. And Silent Sam never said anything. Like, the other guy always did the talking for him. So... I didn't. Even, I thought the guy was a mute for a while. Like, do I sign to him? You know, do I? How do I communicate with this guy? And then the friend uh, went away, and, and all of a sudden, you know, Sam found his voice. But just every once in a while, when he needs to say something like, "Yo, is that hitting?" You know, things like that. But the other day we're hanging, and I and I noticed, you know, we hang out a lot, and they don't drink as much as I would expect an Irish person to drink. And I said, "Play that bit for him." Right, and I said, get this, you'll, you'll think this is funny, maybe. Um, I said, you know, y'all are the pair of, the, you, y'all are the couple of the driest Irishmen I've ever known in my life. And they're like, what do you mean by that? And I said, I don't know, it's just every once in a while you're having a beer. How Irish is that? I, that's not very, nah. what makes you guys Irish except for your last names? And they looked at each other and got all puffy in the chest, you know? Ran out and got some beer. <laughs> Immediately, it's like, we'll show you. Yeah. We'll little show you Irish we are. That sounds like a challenge there. We don't like beer. Watch. We'll drink two at a time here. Gar, 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 gar. Tell them to get a Smittix. Right. 
So let's set that up. Let's go over there. I want to explore that. Right in the neck of the woods, man. Little hole in the wall place. I, 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 but great. Beautiful. That was seamless. QAM, hello. Hello. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Don't forget, Miguel, right now, 7701 Biscayne Boulevard, grand opening of Advanced Auto Parts with the T-shirts and CDs. Buy some. Yes, sir. I'm there. You're there now? No. Oh. It's like, wow, that was fast. No, I'm getting there, but I ain't there. Um, 40s movies. Uh, did anyone mention Citizen Kane? Oh, please. <laughs> There's a word in between O oh and please. Oh, you need to be Fill a little buff. It was groundbreaking. Citizen Kane. All right. They, they, yeah, they broke the ground to put the camera in the hole. The cinematography was great. But what? the most overrated movie in the history of the universe. It, first of all, it's not a movie. It's a, it's a mockumentary. It has no plot. It's just a mockumentary. It's just, it's just, and and granted, the guy had it coming, but it's just Orson Welles' attack on the on this guy. Yeah, yeah. So and, and great, congratulations, Orson. You attacked this guy who was a big dog. Uh, what's his name? What was his name? Oh, I can't think of it right now. The real guy is uh, William Randolph Hearst. That's right. I forget what he was called. No, I, I forgot too. And I watched that after everybody said, oh, it was the greatest American movie ever made. God awful, boring, a mockumentary where they're just. There's no plot. It's just a, a narrator saying, you know, this and then this and now this. <laughs> okay, and and about, then a bunch I'm, of scenes. I'm not sure of the year on this one, but how about To Kill a Mockingbird? I don't think it was 40s, but we'll check it out. Yeah. That, All right? That, that, that's a pretty good one. Really that's good that's an acceptable. I will, I will give that movie a good, but what remains to be seen is whether or not it was a 40s movie. Okay. All right. Hey, don't let the crazies get to you, George. Don't worry about it. That's that way they win. That's, yeah, well, so, let's see your job. 62. I mean, close. Not even. Not even close. And I went through the same thing. See, movies that I thought were 40s movies that I was making a lot of, just because they were black and white, so I just automatically thought they were 40s movies. <laughs> turned out not to be. Like the day the earth stood still, turned out to be 50-something, which you, you still haven't seen. I'll work on it. Don't, don't go break in a sweat. Just fail safe. Just catch up on that, finally. Because it's It's tense. But see, the thing about, like, movies started in the 20s, really rough, right? And there's a camp quality to watching those old silent movies and stuff. And, uh, like, Metropolis, you ever see the original Metropolis? I've never seen a silent movie in my life. Really? Well, I think I've got the original Metropolis, but I'm still trying to get the the splashed-up, spritzed-up version, which is the one to see. They kind of splashed it with color and put a modern soundtrack to it, and that is cool to watch. It's kind of like a... A movie that's a music video, and it's very cool with 80s music. Hmm. It's it's cool, and, and all of the music is good. Uh, but the original is interesting, too. And then in the 30s, they made a lot of movies, and talkies started in the 30s. But get this, before the Hayes office, and I think maybe because, and, and, and this is just a theory, maybe because they didn't really have it down yet, the, the assembly line movie-making process. You know what I mean? It wasn't a formula yet. They didn't just have it down like, okay, bing, bang, boom, bing, bang, boom that every movie that they made was more or less unique. It's like the difference between a handmade car and a factory-made car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's all this roughness to it and this grittiness, and the women weren't wearing any bras, and they're being melodramatic, and there's, there's a certain charm and a camp quality to those movies, and they're, they're different, and there's, there's an actual story there. I'm talking about the 30s movies. And Gone with the Wind was 39, which was in color, so I don't know how everything in the 40s was in black and white or how that happened, I'm not sure. 
But then the 40s hit, and the wife watches all these 40s movies. And it's like, oh, they're all the same. They got the same freaking pattern. The men are wearing hats and those ugly-ass suits. You know the ones I'm talking about with the, the coats yeah. that are really tight, mm-hmm. very square. The hats are down over one eye. They're drinking and smoking and talking and walking, walking while they're talking. Or, or somebody will come in from the scene from the left, and somebody will come in from the right, and they're walking and talking. And then, over all of it, the the tortured cat violins. Which, by the way, every scene that starts, as the scene ends, somebody will deliver a line. And they're all the same. So, by the way, what? No, I was just going to say, that's what really annoyed me about the um, these past awards. Oh. When someone came up to give a speech, this they had the right. sappiest music right. playing. Yeah. And it was just, I just, uh, Ugh. Yeah, you want you know, a gag. I just wanted to gag. You know, they're going on about for 15 minutes with this. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, what are they trying to and do? I know, and I know it's just, just like clothes and music and we go through our phases. And 10 years is about. Right, you know, like you got the 70s has a sound and, the, and a fashion associated to it, right? You know, not that there is an overlapping going on, but you got the 80s thing and you watch the VH1 and you're like, we love the 80s and stuff like that. It breaks it down with the 40s. The 40s was an atrocious time. Sorry, with all due apologies to Boca Bryan and my wife, it was, a, it was an atrocious time, a bad, bad product. Why does Boca Bryan like 40s movies? I don't know. I don't know. He's just into nostalgia and all that. He I'm lives in the past, so I'm going to, you know, I don't know. Now, the Alfred Hitchcock movies, when the hell were those made? Because they were good, and I know he made some in the 40s, and I got the whole collection at home. I got to watch it, the old collection that he uh, lent me. But I think some of the Alfred Hitchcock movies that we like a lot were like 50s and 60s, so even that's uh, still hanging out there. QAM, hello. George. Yes. Hey, two stories for you. Okay. Oh, here we got the phone about, thing again. Then. You were talking about Go ahead. one operators? Yeah. I had a horrible experience, and I was trying to be a good Samaritan. I was trying to catch the stupid people mover in Miami, and... That's a good name for it. It moves stupid people. Yeah, well, they, uh, the stupid elevator got scanned. I called 911 up, and I said, you know, because the emergency buttons on the metro mover stations weren't working. I called them up, and I, they were asking, what's the address of the people mover station? I said, well, you can't miss this. Right over the mover. Well, we need a physical address of the metro mover. Right. And then the lady hung up on me. Like I'm about to do, like I just did, because uh, we got phone problems and I don't know why. And we turned all our monitors down here in the studio because I thought maybe it was my monitor with the open microphone in here, and it wasn't. I turned it all the way down, and I could still hear it coming from Josh's room over there. The same feedback was still going on, wasn't it, Josh? Yes, it so was. So I don't know what's going on with our equipment or if there's a, is something in audition that shouldn't be on the board or something. I hear it when Neil's on, when Neil's not on. We have no pots open that shouldn't be open here, and still we're having this phone feedback problem, and it sounds like hell. That was line nine. I'm, I'm keeping a little mental list of what's going on down here. I didn't want to spend all day long on the 40s movies. Remind me when we come back, because we got a couple movie reviews. I already did uh, Good Night and Good Luck. I haven't talked about Munich yet, and both of us got to share our feelings about Napoleon Dynamite. 12-12 on 560 QAM. Hey, what's up with your guy from a sport? The following conversation is real. 
It took place between a Mobstar customer and a Mobstar representative. Mobstar, how you doing? How you doing? Listen, I got a problem. You remember that thing? You don't mean that thing with our friend. Yeah, well, not for nothing, but he's kicking and screaming in the trunk, and I think he's going to bring the heat down on me. Hey, you were supposed to take care of him before you went upstate. Oh, I popped him three times. What, it's my fault? He's got a skull like a bowling ball, this guy? All right, shut up. I can see your location is that parking lot under the bridge. Yeah, so? Yeah, so? I'm going to remotely open a trunk while you go back there and pop three more slugs in him so the job is done right. All right, all right. All right, it's done. Good. Now hop on the turnpike and head north. Mobstar. Always there, always ready. Capiche? <laughs> Thanks, Mobstar. Hey, forget about it. No problem. Here's a fact from Mark George. The problem with the 40s films is that half the decade was eaten up with World War II, which produced a lot of bad, hokey films, and the reaction that came out there the style of cinema later called film noir. Yeah, I know all about it. These films tend to be hard-boiled and cynical, not hokey at all. Two of the best are Double Indemnity, 1944, which I've heard of. Uh, don't ask me what I heard of it. One of the best of the genre with Fred McMurray yep, and uh, Barbara Stanwyck, I hate her, as Murderous Lovers, awesome ending, and also Out of the Past, 1947, Robert Mitchum and Kirk Douglas. Both are undone by an unbelievably hot femme fatale, Jane Greer. She's just incredible in this film. If these movies don't do it for you, give up on the 40s altogether. I'll save your facts, Mark, and, uh, you know, go looking for these. Casually. I'm not going to rush right out. Another thing that really bugs me about them, and it's not a big deal, but it's just common to all of the movies, and they have no excuse because they'd already been making movies for a long time at this point. And I don't know if you ever noticed this, Josh. And let me just set up one of the one of the typical scenes, and you can apply this to pretty much all of them. The chick is going to shoot the guy that she just caught cheating or something. Or the guy told the chick he doesn't want to marry her or be around her anymore. So she pulls out her girl gun. They all, all the girls had guns in these movies, and they're all pretty and shiny. So I pull out revolvers, gun? right? And they hold it. They hold it like this. They hold it. If the audience would just look at how I'm holding my gun right now, not out, not straight arm out, the way that you would hold a gun. And I know that they knew how to shoot in those days. And somebody in Hollywood had to know that that's not how you hold a gun. But they hold it up close to their chest, and then they squeeze the trigger, and you hear the gun sounds. There is no smoke, there is no kick, there is no nothing from the gun at all to show you, the viewer, that it's being fired. They show the guy getting shot. There is no bullet entry effect at all. Just the guy goes, like, just like clutches his chest like somebody punched him in the chest, goes, and he falls over. You know what I'm talking about? And they're holding the gun, like, and that's every single freaking movie that they have a gun. And it doesn't matter whether it's a guy holding the gun or the girl holding the gun, but it's especially disturbing when it's the girl holding it, because, like, if a chick is going to shoot a gun, you're going to see it kick. It's like, come on. Hello, actor. Act like you just shot a gun. Kick it up in the air a little bit. No, no. Yeah, they just, they just squeeze the trigger. There's nothing coming out, you know, just and then the guy falls over. and It's, it's like, like why, why, are you, why even bother with the prop? department bringing a gun you know why not just have the finger out and just pretend it's a gun so speaking of uh, movie reviews saw munich and uh since it was steven spielberg i'm going to give it a, a thumbs down you know what i mean he has no excuse for making a movie like this steven spielberg knows how to make movies and once someone has established that they know how to make a movie i don't i don't allow them to make bad movies afterwards he did he did et right he did freaking Schindler's List. So he knows how to make a movie. He knows how to pace them. See, this is a, what would be a good movie. 
important subject matter. He, he treated it fairly. He got both sides in there. He brought up some issues. Eric Bana did a great job acting. They had some really gritty, violent scenes. They did the way that they did it was good. Like they did uh, the whole Munich event. They portrayed that in flashback fashion is what I'm trying to say through my deaf head. The movie actually starts with the the Munich event had just happened, and uh, the Israeli government is getting this kill squad together to go after the terrorists that killed the Olympians, the Israeli Olympians. And so there's moral dilemmas and everything that come up, blah, 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 as they go hunting these guys down and killing them, which they do. And deservedly so, of course. Uh, and then they're showing the actual Munich event in flashback form periodically throughout the movie so by the time the movie ends you've seen the entire munich event with the helicopters and the blowing up and the shooting the hostages a lot of gritty violence in the movie but in between all of the gritty violence and these violent scenes not all of them were done correctly some of the scenes take place at night and the the picture's too dark and you can't really tell what's going on and is this one of the good guys shooting at one of the bad guys and who's shooting at this who's that guy there you know what i mean it's like they didn't spend enough time setting up who this particular clown was. It's like, wait, who's this guy shooting? And who's this guy he's shooting at? And uh, there were some things, some uh, scenes that were just too uh, confusing. But that's not the bad part of the movie. The bad part is, and just like in Good Night and Good Luck, every time that there's a conversation, the movie grinds to a, a halt, almost backwards. Like you can't, these guys can't have a conversation and make it snappy. These guys can't have a conversation where the scene is edited. No, no, it's got to be drawn out and slow talking and really quiet and really morose and just taking forever to get to the point. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of the way I'm talking right now. Interspersed in there. So like you're trying to like this movie and you're interested in the story and what's going on, but you've got to just endure these long, slow conversation scenes. And for someone like Spielberg to deliver that, it's inexcusable because you know how to make a freaking movie, Steve. But what does that have to do with Napoleon Dynamite and how I want to curse all of the clowns that called up and suggested that movie to me? Because there's been more than one. Not just the people that called on the show, but people in my life have said, hey, have you seen Bro, Napoleon Dynamite? It's funny. And then people, you? It was an epidemic. Like, the yeah. people are in the, in the Same world. Same thing happened to you. I totally agree. To, oh, Napoleon Dynamite, funny. It's like, I understand where they were going. I understand what they were trying for, but they failed miserably. All right? Halfway through this movie, I'm thinking and, and, and going like, all right, when is the movie going to start? Yeah. Okay. I'm set up. Here's this character, and here's his friend. All right, I'm set up. You have already established this is the geeky guy, and this is his geeky beaner friend. Okay, uh, all right. I understand that now. When, when does the movie start happening? When does something start happening? When does something funny happen? That's okay. what I kept asking myself. Is something funny be would be good, or something something would be good. Something like an event. When does something happen other than these guys moving from one location to another, talking about nothing? Yeah. All right? Because basically it was just one scene after another with dudes talking about nothing. That is all. It, that's, that's the it. movie. That was it. And then the credits roll, and there was, a, and he did an, 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 an uh, amusing dance. Yeah. He, he went out on stage and danced, and that was cute. Not cute enough to cause my mouth shape to change. In other words, from, from just, you know, where it normally sits at rest. Right. You know, all slack-jawed with drool coming out of it. I didn't curl a lip. I didn't 
you know, break a half smile. None of my face skin wrinkled at any point during that movie. And I, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I've asked the people that, that claim that it's so great. Two questions. One, mm-hmm. what is so great about it? Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, you know, anybody can answer that. And and two, what's funny about it? Right. I waited patiently. What is like? I watched with my friends. They start dying. I'm like, I what am I missing? I wasn't crocheting or playing a video game at the same time as this movie. I, you know, I was in bed and I was just watching it and. And nothing, man. It was like like a. I might as well might as well stared at the blank screen. Yeah. TV. I might as well have watched the Much Music Channel. You know, the the song plays and they got little artist information coming up. That would have been time better spent than watching Napoleon freaking Dynamite. And with a name like that, talk about me thinking the wrong thing. I'm thinking that at some point they're gonna make this guy over, right? Something. The the Mexican and his friends are gonna are gonna punk this guy out, right? Something is going to happen. This was a movie where nothing happened all the way through. And in my opinion, there was nothing funny. And there was nothing funny. There was no... It's like they shot a lot of film. Yeah. And there was a lot of words written. And and it, and it, it didn't start anywhere. And it didn't go anywhere. But it took a long time getting there. QAM, hello. How you doing, George? How you doing? Here we go with phone fun again. George, I have four screen gems for you from the 40s, and I heard you talk about Hitchcock. Right. His first American release was in the 40s. It's entitled Rebecca. You ever see that film? No, I don't think so. Good stuff. And uh, The Treasure of the Sierra Mafia is a wonderful film. Okay, it's westerns. How about how about The Heiress? I've been on you for months to watch that one. Have the Heiress? The Heiress? Do they wear hats in that? The, the the heiress with Montgomery Cliff and Olivia de Havilland. She won the Best Actress Montgomery award. Cliff, isn't he the one with the light bulb head? Big, bulbous forehead? Montgomery, Montgomery my Cliff. head looks like the Cliffs of Dover? No, I don't think. I think it mixes her up with somebody else. And one one movie that's just, you've got to see this is Red River. Ever seen, you ever heard of it or seen it? I've heard of it. Is it another Western? Yeah, but it's, hmm. they're classics. I mean, I've sorted right. out the good ones from the bad ones, you know? All right. Is it better than Outlaw Josie Wales? Uh, it's no comparison, Is man. It? It's really it's it's a classic film with John Wayne and Montgomery. I've never seen Outlaw Josie Wales. What? Have, no, did you see Shane? Better. Different different type. Did you of see movie. Shane? No, come on, man. Write him down and watch him. You haven't You'll seen Shane? Me. Once again, Shane. Your you phones Shane? are bad, man. Like, yeah, I know. The, I know the phones are bad. No wonder he never saw Outlaw Josie Wales. I, I hope he was saying that Outlaw Josie Wales was better. When no, he wasn't. No he wasn't. He wasn't saying that at all. No, that's, that's, that's what you thought. Twelve twenty-eight on five sixty. Hey, hold on. Hey, want to hear some Yanni while you're queuing that up? WQAM. John DeBaker has been around in town for a long time, over thirty. About thirty, man. Had him thirty years in a few different locations, including North Miami, where I used to pick out there all the time. And now he's got two great locations for you. John DeBaker is in Pembroke Pines at one twenty-five ninety-two Pines Boulevard, and he's also in uh, Cooper City. At the corner of Sterling and Pine Island, live at 8835 Sterling Road. For takeout in Pembroke Pines, call 954-431-4315. And in Cooper City, call 954-252-0091. The food is fresh, delicious. They give you gigantic portions. And, of course, the prices are teeny and tiny, so you can take the whole family in time and time again. For truly great Italian goodies and fantastic, some of the best pizza you've ever had, it's John the Baker in Pembroke Pines and prestigious Cooper City. This is Neil Rogers. This is 
560 WQAM Miguel is at the van right now, 7701 Biscayne Boulevard at the grand opening of Advanced Auto Parts. CDs, T-shirts, and a grand total of? 220. 220. We're only going to be on for, like, what, 10 more minutes or in change, and we've got one more break in the middle of that. So please, since he's going to be coasting from this point out, go down there now. Hear me now and drive down there later. Buy the CDs, buy the T-shirts, give them to people. Good stuff on there. As a matter of fact, it's a nice sampler this year, reaching all the way back into the past. The bridge tender's on there. That's worth 20 bucks, if nothing else, just so that we don't have to hear you requesting it anymore. There it is. Play it to death. Wear the groove out on the CD. I know you can't, but you can wear that out. Hey, I've got to get a movie for you. As a matter of fact, if somebody has a copy of this movie called The People Next Door, uh, get me a copy, and I'll copy it and give it back to you. Because I'm watching this movie and I just realized uh, the origin of the word groovy. Ever think about it? I guess not. No. We like it. It's a good word, right? It's groovy, baby. It's groovy. Groovy. There's the the original. Well, not the original, but... Wait a minute. Don't you hate delivery. that movie? Groovy. No, no. It was Army of Darkness that I thought was weak. Okay. See, I love Army of Darkness. Evil Dead 2 I've seen 20 freaking times, man. Well, he says that in, in Army of Darkness. Well, but he made it popular there. I mean, our Army True. of Darkness is obviously their attempt to milk milk the madness, continue milking the uh, the success of Evil Dead 2, which was, it's a classic. I mean, that's a keeper for the ages, Evil Dead 2. Funniest, I don't know, what do you call that, horror movie ever. You know what? Right? It's got so many purposes. Hysterical. Yeah. The hand thing. I'm, I don't know which part I like best. Probably when he was fighting with himself was the craziest part of the movie, where him and the, and the hand were going at it. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was groovy. Good. So I'm watching this movie a long time ago, this groovy movie, The People Next Door, and the chick says when the parents confront her about her drug use, and she, she pops off at them, she says, are you ready for this? Because I had not being, I was, I was born in the 60s, but I didn't, you know, talk. Because I was only born in 64. So I didn't know the lingo back then. So the chick says to the parents, she says, I've tried all the grooves, even horse, meaning heroin, but acid's my scene. Because she's talking hippie talk, right? And you follow that? I tried all the grooves. And then it hit me. Oh, yeah. Grooves, as in record grooves. That's what they called drugs. 
In other words, whatever drug you were into, that was your groove. That was where, in other words, that was the groove that you followed, like a needle follows a groove on the record. You follow that? The groove in the record is a wavy track. You got that? Okay. If you're on drugs, you're in a groove. You're grooving. If you're on, if you're on drugs, if you're, say, on an acid trip, that's your groove. You're into an acid groove. That's what that meant back then. Okay. And I, I kind of knew that, but I didn't really think it through. So groovy, meaning high. How do you like that? Everything's a freaking drug reference. High, like space it a lot. cadet, spaced out, all of that. All of these things. And I never really thought about it before, but I was just thinking about that movie the other day because we've been thinking about movies lately, and that's one that uh, I gotta get for you. It's like one of the one of the first like anti-drug movies, at least of that period. I mean, I'm talking about the real ones, not those reefer madness ones or cocaine fiends, not those hysterical uh, laughing ones. So I never did read Neil's poll, the uh, the desirable women one. Let me do this in order. Who is the U.S. living politician you admire the most? Bill Clinton, 425. I mean, that's it. I'll tell you why I don't admire him the most. He shouldn't have lied about that Monica thing. I know it's embarrassing, Bill. I know that everyone lies about that kind of thing, but look at what you would have avoided and what the nation would have, oh, excuse me, what the nation would have avoided if you'd have just said, yeah, sure. I, you know, honestly, I, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Well, I mean, I think it's small potatoes. I thought you were going to say, I, I don't admire him because he got caught. Well, I, I don't admire him because he has bad taste. I mean, look at what Kennedy was this doing. This is true. Kennedy had some great action going, but I mean, come on, Bill. And especially if you're going to get it in a, into a ringer over that, over that fat chick, which, which reminds me, I, did, I, I spent a half hour here yesterday tr doing some things, watching date my mom, and one of the daughters was fat. The guy didn't pick her, which is too bad because he was a dill, and I wanted him to pick the fat girl, but he didn't. And in the previous episode, mom flashed him. Really? So guess who he picked? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smart choice. Mm -hmm. The daughter was even more phenomenal than mom. But she said... Don't think that I'm going to do that. I mean, mom's the slut. That's how I was born. Speaking of TV, have you been watching Drawn Together this season? Yeah. Oh. Because they've really stepped beyond. up. Yeah, they've really stepped up. One step, last season. several steps beyond you know, where they were. Last season was very hit or miss. But they're not messing around. They're not just off the hook. They're, they're, they're nowhere near the hook, man. Yeah. They left the hook way behind. It's great. It is. It's to watch South Park and Drawn Together right on after it. It's a Can't complain, quality man. hour. Much like watching The Daily Show and uh, The Colbert Report. Congratulations, because I watched The Colbert Report where he did the, the Colbert Code predicting the Oscar winners, and he nailed five out of five. Wow. Yeah, and so I watched the one last night where he was celebrating and reminding everyone that he got it right. But my daughter actually reminded me right after the Oscars and said, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, Colbert called all those because she's a big uh, Colbert fan. Cool. And, uh, and he did. Here's Neil's poll from yesterday. Who is the woman you most desire? Jessica Alba, 211. A faxer did some research for us. Because remember, I was asking, what, where does, she's got a, a, a tint to her, right? She's okay. got a, a shade. Okay. Yes. What, what is she? Oh, yeah. Where does she come from? Do you want to know? Who she be? She's Mexican, French, English, Dutch. Wow. Yes. Combination. She's a cocktail of all kinds of fun things, but the, uh, the caramel color comes from a, a Mexican bean. So there you go, Jessica Alba, 211, followed by Halle Berry. It's a good day to be uh, that color. 100 and, uh, 177, Angelina Jolie, 148, Charlize Theron, 130, Scarlett Johansson, 122. Thank you. 
None, I'm a straight female, 74. None, I'm gay, 63. Natalie Portman, 61. I hate this poll, 57. Eva Longoria, 49. Britney Spears, 47. Jessica Biel, 46. Selma Hayek, 42. Jennifer Connelly, hats off, 32. Adriana Lima, 31. Jenna Jameson, 26. Jessica Simpson, 23. Pamela, I leave a slime trail when I walk. Anderson, 23. Sandra Bullock, your sweetheart, 17. Catherine Zeta-Jones, Anna Kornikova and Jennifer Tilly each got 15. Shakira and Paris Hilton got 14. <laughs> Maria Menounos, 13. Jennifer Aniston, 12. Vina Guerra, 8. Also, Tyra Banks and Sienna Miller got 8. Maria Sharapova and Giselle, my underwear's bunch in 7. Monica Bellucci, 6. Terry Hatcher and Michelle Pfeiffer also got 6. 4 each for Jillian Barbary, most annoying person on the planet. Uh, Gabrielle Union, Naomi Watts, and Pam Greer, they all got 4. Serena Williams, 3. Emery, Three, Janet Jackson, two, Michelle Rodriguez, two, ugly, Molly Ringwald, one, and Eva LaRue got one out of 1,561. It is 18 till one. Game coming up very shortly. At least uh, Marlins on deck is coming up shortly. Marlins and the Red Sox from Jupiter coming up at 105. Jim Manich after the game. Panthers preview at 630. Florida Panthers and the Ottawa Senators at 7 o'clock. Ed Kaplan after that game on WQAM. Hey, I'll tell you one thing. When you're shopping for shoes, it's scandalous if you're going anywhere beside Brandy's because you're getting ripped off. You're certainly not getting the deal you're going to get at Brandy's. You're not getting the selection. And you're certainly not getting the personalized care and treatment that you get at Brandy's. They treat your feet like gold, man. They fondle them. They practically kiss them. And your feet, too. And Brandy's professional shoe fitters make sure you get a perfect customized fit every time at the right price of the top brands in the business, like Rockport, Floorshine. Echo, Mephisto, New Balance, SAS, all the other top names. Brandy's even specialize in wide wits if you got big, ugly, fat feet. Brandy's is worth the trip from just about any place in town, so don't forget that unbeatable combination that makes Brandy's heads and shoulders above the rest. Comfort, style, fit, value, and selection, it's always Brandy's shoes. And Brandy's you'll find at that same great location. They've been going strong for about 400 years. 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. Brandy's is open daily till 9, Sundays till 5. And this week they continue with that New Balance deal. It's a great time to buy New Balance this week at Brandy's because all great men's and women's styles are 10 to 20 bucks extra off. So save a lot of cash by getting the rest in there this week or do your shoe shopping on their website at brandyshoes.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. Dubai Ports World. Headquartered in the United Arab Emirates. In the Middle East. Seriously. Hey, don't worry. We're good at recognizing terrorism. Oh, hello, Abdul. Oh, hi, Mohammed. Hey, I need to check your cargo container very carefully. I hear something ticking. What have you got in there, my friend? Um, alarm clock? Excellent. Come ashore. <laughs> Dubai Ports World. When it comes to safe port operations, we're all you need. Coming soon, Mexican drug lords will take over border security, and Michael Jackson will oversee No Child Left Behind. Sure, why not? 13 till 1 o'clock, 5 60 WQAM. What's our total out there at the van? 240. 240. All right, we'll take it, please. Hey, what's the matter with that cat there? Go visit Miguel. Yeah, man. Mean that cat's high. I'll keep talking. Get away from here. Man, is that the Reaper Man? That's the man. I warned you, didn't I? I think he's lost his mind. This is 1932. This is that Cap Calloway I threatened you with. 
culture, so you know that cool people used to live a long time ago, and now they're dead, but they were out there. Miguel is at the grand opening of Advanced Auto Parts, 7701 Biscayne Boulevard in Miami. He's got the CDs, he's got the T-shirts, $20 a piece. Marlon's on deck is next, and uh, you guys in the control room, just fade this out. Didn't mean to step on you there, Cad, but I wasn't done. Well, fade this out whenever the hell you want to, guys. Remember, it's game time. If there's an instrumental solo, maybe we'll talk some more. Chip, quit, quit, we're bonds, you know. 